This podcast is for mature audiences only and may include cussing, cursing, fidgeting, rambling, insensitive or irreverent material, slurs, catchphrases, expressions, lamentations, and or degradations that aren't suitable for young folk. Also, we'll be talking about the reefer. That wizard came from the moon. Welcome to Purple Dungeon Squid, the podcast for gamers that toke. If you love the green and you love the screen, friend, then you're in the right place, because we're here to shoot the breeze on some dank strains and some video games. This week on Purple Dungeon Squid, ho, ho, ho. It's Christmas time, friend, or the holidays, depending on where you're at or who you're worshiping. And uh, we're going to be talking about consuming cannabis on the D-low, because all of us, whether Ramadan or Hanukkah or Christmas... Uh, you know, often have to spend time with our family members. So it's our low pro holiday smoke show. Andy then went on to play uh, Persona 5 in full otaku mode. Dan played uh, some super secret game that we're going to dive into in a minute. Street Fighter 5 is re-releasing and Monster Hunter World is rampaging into our lives. Um, there's some top secret video game projects coming from some well-known studios and plenty of other neato stuff in the world of video games and weed. We'll also be settling in for a smoke sesh with our strain and our Munchie of the week, as always. So stick around for that because it's going to be a good old jolly holiday time. I'm your host Andy, and with me, as always, the one, the only, the uh, the number two next to Chris Kringle, Dank Dan. All right, children, gather round. I'll light our internet lamp, and we'll go deep, deep into the dark web. Right this way. Yes, please lead us to the promised land where the FCC can't touch us that way. How's it going, Dan? Danny Andy, boy. Can I say that that was one of the best intros I've ever heard, not just on this podcast, ever. Oh, ever? Really? Is that you flattering me? Is that just the holiday spirit working its way into your bones? There was a tempo. There was, you, people don't know this. You improv, improvised some jokes on the fly. I just Look mean 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. I'll subscribe. That's, that, that hitches it. I'm going to listen to this podcast now. Every single week. And in fact, not only are you going to listen to this podcast, Dank Dan, you're going to head over to iTunes and give us five, count them, one, two, three, four, five stars, and say, these guys, they know their shit. They're, uh, they, got, they got some stuff. They say some things. I like it. It's perfect. You, 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 I've already jotted that down. That's my review. That's your <laughs> good stuff. And if you'd like to copy pasta that right into iTunes, um, then please do, friend, because uh, nobody knows we're here yet, but someday they will. And wouldn't you like to be on the ground floor of this podcasting opportunity? I think you would. Now, you say that. You say no one knows about us. But today, you, you may hear it in your ear a little bit better. One of our kind listeners, my main man, Gnome, has hooked me up with some professional-grade audio equipment. So uh, I'm hoping to come uh, through 5 by 5 bars for the whole, uh, the whole session. And uh, I just want to give props to Gnome for that. He's a, he's a kind man. He's a kind yeah. woodland creature. Um, there you go. You know, and he prances, he capers, he has a sack full of uh, uh, magical devices, and, and I think we're all going to be better for it. 
Yeah, well, the last time a man walked into my house with a bag full of magical devices, I kicked his ass. But uh, this guy sounds a lot better than that guy. That's That feels like it's got a story behind it. Um, <laughs> a- a- Andy, what were those devices? Prostate massagers. Anyway, the last Jedi, <laughs> <laughs> the last, the last Jedi is coming out, buddy. Have you seen it? Have you gone? It's not even coming out. It's out. It's been out for a while. It's, it's out. We're about what? We're three days into to the last Jedi, uh-huh. and uh, I wasn't able to make it. And I am chomping at the bit. Like I, uh, my girlfriend, my sweet sweet girlfriend today is like, let's go see Jumanji. And uh, <laughs> you gotta understand the girlfriend uh, movie or the wife movie negotiation. I mean, Kissinger could not sure. do this thing. You have to warm it up, ease it in. So you, you're like, Jumanji, yeah, no, I really want to see that. But you know what's out? I think Star Wars is out. Wouldn't oh. that be great? Me, you, the Force. You really <laughs> got to sell it. Yeah, well, and so, um, you know, was she, was she into your, uh, your Force pitch? Um, she came back. Clearly not. With, you haven't seen it yet. So there's, there's that. Well, I think you saw Jumanji, didn't you? Merely moments ago. And uh, she seemed intrigued. She goes, no, but I really want to see Jumanji. And I'm like, you know what? Like, Jumanji feels to me like maybe a Netflix mo- movie. Maybe yes. maybe a movie can uh, be viewed at home. Um, but Star Wars, that's an experience. That's an experience, let me tell you. Um, and, you know, so, so to, to give you the other side of the fence, I missed the last two Star Wars releases because of children. Right. Um, you know, just not we're not in a we're not a we're not a movie theater friendly house yet. And watching those movies for the first time on Netflix or on uh, you know DVD or what I don't, I don't even DVDs aren't even a thing anymore, but DVDs, however we DVDs grandpa DVDs, please. Yeah, there you go. Um yeah, it was not the same. Like I I every when the when the remastered original series came out and when the you know the the um oh, the prequels came out, I saw every single one of them in theaters and you know, prequels love them or hate them. Obviously the original trilogy is in, incredible. Um but the prequels love them or hate them. They were an event. You went and saw them and you remember that evening. I remember where I was when I saw Revenge of the Sith. You know, I remember where I was when I saw, what the fuck was the first, the Gungan one. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a situation where if you have the freedom and the, uh, and the equity to go out and see The Last Jedi in theaters, please do. I want to live vicariously through you. Do yourself a favor and give Andy the gift of you seeing Star Wars so he can ask you about it. And you can you can be like yeah yeah it was. oh yeah it was good and he, oh yeah now do you know Andy do you know anybody who has one of those home theater situations that's so over the top that it's like being at the theater they have the seven point one Dolby the you Dolby. know around the seventy inch four K OLED screen do you know mm. anybody like that. Uh, I don't. I've been in a couple of those houses before. I find them intimidating, and I find that they're always filled with overstuffed sofas, and it makes me feel like Leon's in the 90s, and there's something gross there, even though it is an opulent affair, you know? I know what you mean. What is the right seating for a room like that? Like, what, what's... Like, I, I know you're not thinking futon, like college futon. No, you need, you need, like, you need future chairs. This what's is the thing. Fu- you what's need, a future chair? A future chair is something that it looks like... Listen, you watch Star Trek right now, Star Trek was produced like 30 years ago, but it still looks like the future. You need that shit in your movie room, in your, in your media, air quotes, media room. Otherwise, your cool shit that you bought from the brick today is going to look like crap in 10 years. Bring the future to your living room and I will sit on it. Yeah, I've been in some of these houses as well. And what I've noticed is 
when I when I uh, uh, sit down and, and pop myself some popcorn and start to w- start watching a film, uh, somebody runs in and says, "This is an open house. Get the hell out of here." <laughs> uh, you must get the fuck off this property. You can take one of the paninis with uh, chipotle mayo to go, but outside of that, you are not welcome here, sir. I asked them about the the cookies that I smell. They say it's just spray. Now get out. That's cookie <laughs> so smell spray. Get the hell if that's out. Not, if that's not a real product, it needs to be. Uh, not only is it good for realtors who are trying to, you know, finagle their way into a sale, I just want cookie spray all the time everywhere I go. I want I want a air freshener in my moment bag, in my where, office. Uh, sorry, this is the moment where we kick off, like, uh, we flash back 10 years from now to this moment where, like, we wonder where Andy's cookie spray addiction started. <laughs> like you're you're like uh, in an alley huffing um, cookie spray out of a paper bag. Hey man, you got some of that spray, some of that cook, that Pillsbury. You know, you know the good shit. By the way, if nobody has invented cookie spray, that's our idea. TM TM copyright. That that I don't counts. Think it, yeah, I don't think a trademark helps us much in that situation. But uh, if anybody out there knows how patents work, get at me. Get at me. I'm on gonna Twitter. go ahead and run that by the uh, Purple Dungeon Squid lawyers, and uh, we'll get back to you. Yeah, well, the, our, the Purple Dungeon Squid lawyers are um, are part time uh, and malnourished. It's because we pay them in stern handshakes, and that only gets you so far. It's only only gets you. It's really a pity kind of thing. Um, you know what? I got a really unwelcome gift earlier today. I'm looking at it right now. I'm touching it. It's very rough. So we have a beautiful. They removed Christmas your prostate. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we had. Uh, it's about the size of it. Um, we. Uh, we have a beautiful Christmas tree here in our home. Um, love it. Very happy with it. Uh, and my mother, who is a very sweet woman, decided that she would gift us with some ornaments. One right. for each of my one for each of my darling children. Um, they're both made of ceramic, and they're walnuts. They're little walnut ornaments. Oh and the wow! Sad, yeah, and it'd be a beautiful thing. Except when you put them next to each other, they look like a, a pair of testicles. She well, presented I- them to me in a box, upon which I asked her, "Are those testicles?" And uh, that's that's something hard to come back from. That's hard to come back from when you're talking to your mother. Did your mom just like fire shots at you? Have you have you crossed your mom and she's like dropped the hammer now? No, no, this that's the mafia level stuff. Yeah, it's like, hey, hey, you better smarten up, otherwise you're gonna have the real thing in this box. Well, and you know what? It, it, you were not. It's amazing that I said prostate because the prostate looks like a walnut. Oh well, that's a lesson like, that I didn't want to learn today. It looks exactly like a walnut. And you know what? I, I have a story, but I actually <laughs> think it's too rough for this early in the podcast. Okay. We'll see if I can slip it in in the back. <laughs> okay. Oh, what a turn of all phrase. Of this is, all of this is just not the holiday episode I was hoping for, Dan. <laughs> hey, sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta jingle the bells. Give a <laughs> give a Yuletide oh. tug. A Yuletide tuggy. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Um, anyway, moving on to the important things. Uh, oh, dude, I've been playing a little bit more Bravely Default. Um, yeah? Yeah, loving it, man. I, uh, it's my new Subway game. So I spend about 20 minutes a day on the Subway. And I'm at, you know, I'm about, say, seven or eight hours into the game, maybe a little bit further at this point. And I've, I'm at this part where you have to do a lot of grinding. Um, you know, allied JRPG, get yourself up so you can kill the big dragon boss. It is like the most meditative thing I've ever done. You know, I get in there, I, uh, just as we've spoken about previously, it's got this kind of innovative, brave slash default pre-programmed battle system where you can kind of just sort of run and run around in circles and and kill enemies. Um, it's, yeah, it's deeply meditative. I'm really, I'm really getting into the groove of it. Also, you opened your third eye in this practice. 
Yeah, my chakras are are humming. Uh, but yeah, aesthetically, it's 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 just such a great game. Um, I know you're not a 3DS guy, but after after we're through, after I'm, I'm through with it, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to pass it your way to see if I can get you hooked. I appreciate that, and I I'm I'm open to it. It it has just the right amount of gimmick uh, of uh, over top of the turn based combat um, to make me go round to it. And speaking of coming round to it, I I've been avoiding Final Fantasy 15 like the plague. Okay. Um, for fear of it disappointing me deeply. And, you know, just in my travels through the, the deep dark web, I, I did see about 30 seconds of the gameplay in terms of the fighting system, and it looked adequately actiony. Um, mm. You know, I think I'd done a foray into a previous uh, Final Fantasy title where they tried to do some live action combat that just lay, left me with a really bad uh, uh, taste in my mouth. Um, but this one, this one looks pretty, pretty rad. Um, Interesting. You know, it does apparently have some lull in it around. Uh, there's a lot of noodle consuming, I guess, in this game. That's a big uh, component. You want to? Do you want to quantify that? Like in the game, you eat a lot of noodles, and that's a time I guess, waster. I guess ramen is like a, is is a, a theme, like a story theme in it. So they've gone. They've gone for like the the the. Yeah, I, I get you. It's like it's like the 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 cutesy anime thing they're ha- hanging their hat on. Right. I mean, and this is not, uh, you know, this is this is no stranger to the the genre, right? Like every sure. Japanese uh, JRPG has some uh, somebody who's like abundantly pumped up about food, you know, whether it be Goku and Dragon Ball Z or a second example that I can't think of. <laughs> it's a thing that happens. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, it's it's. Listen, I mean that, that, and I know because this week I'm talking about Persona Five. This genre requires a little bit of suspension of that Western seriousness. You know, I like seriousness when I'm watching a movie, or you know, I have a hard time getting into anime because there, there just there's something there that's both over. At least I'm speaking generally, of course, but kind of overacted, overdone, um, really. How can I how can I put the way that a, that a, that a, that an anime character emotes is often so over the top and cheesy that it can be a little bit grating to my like Western sensibilities. You know what I mean? I want my I want my character a little bit more so- solid snake. You know. But um, that being said, if you can kind of get get past that and and embrace the the bubbly Japaneseiness of it, it's 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 a pretty it's a beautiful thing. It's it's almost like chicken soup for the soul. You just have to get past the initial. You know, I don't know oily broth you gotta let go of what you want and let it tell you what it is is what i'm hearing from you and if i can pitch something across the plate of uh of like animes to step in on there are a couple really great ones most recently and on netflix the castlevania anime um that came out last year is extremely good and i invite yeah, that can't, that, yeah, dude. That can't be good. You're talking oh, no, about no, an anime no, no, based no, no, on a video game. Suspend. It's not really based on the video game as much as it is the story of the Belmonts. Suspend all disbelief. Go view it and then come back to me because I want all our all our listeners to go watch it. So the Netflix people say say, oh, we got to make another one of these because Andy, it that is good. I put the dank Dan seal of approval of it. If you do not like it, I will refund you the cost. The cost in my time. No. I bill it 100 an hour, friend. 100. No. 100. Nope. Just the cost of, of this recommendation. Yep. Well, that's, that's, so that, that's free. That's, you uh, sussed that's it out. You wind. got to the bottom of it. I'm so proud of you. Gold Great. star. I'm going to sulk now. 
genuinely so. no no I'm I'm sorry I I, I don't mean, I don't mean to, to to shoot your anime recommendation out of the out of the wilderlands um yeah I'm gonna check it out I'm gonna go ahead yeah. and, and dive into it yeah stay why not? stay tuned to episode seven Andy tells me how much he loves Castlevania buddy by the time I'm finished with Persona five. Uh, you know, playing Bravely Default on the subway and watching Castlevania anime in my spare time. Next next episode, I'm going to be like rolling deep with some obscure anime T-shirts. I'm going to be referring to myself as Andy San. It's going to be it's going to be a real fucking scene, a real fucking well, I, otaku explosion. I'll, I'll regret this moment. It'll be the ten year flashback. <laughs> when did Andy become a Weibo? Yeah, no kidding. Like the ten was. years from now, I've got no friends, no family, and I'm sitting on the street playing with fourteen thousand dollars worth of uh, worth of Tokyo Pop toys, body size pillow with uh, women printed on it that you're trying to oh. feed soup. <laughs> <laughs> this like is that. for you, Yoshi. <laughs> Yoshi. Or a second Yoshi. Japanese woman's name that I can't think of. I like that you went for Yoshi immediately. That's great. Right. That, just, that just shows you how deep into the Japanese culture you are, let's, friend. Let's together think of a second Japanese woman's name. Miyoko. Okay. Keiko? Yeah, Sakura. That's the name of the sushi joint uh, yeah. I go to. I was going to say Yuri, but that couldn't be more wrong. No, that's, that's Russian as fuck, my friend. Yeah, that's yeah, you, Yuri. Bliet. Yes. Um, I don't know if what we were doing was was off offside but i'm okay with it no i approve i approve everything i approve all right (laughs) good stuff Uh, i played a few more rounds of Fortnite. have you dived back i know we haven't played together since uh since we we did that one time (laughs) but have you have you dived doven podcast gold folks (laughs) (laughs) have you have you (laughs) have you gotten back have you gotten back into that thing or what um, Andy, you know something about me uh, that maybe the listeners don't, and I don't like to not be good at something. Yes. And I'll give something like 10 rounds, and usually like, uh, I can get on top of it and really get the, the nuance to it. Um, but Fortnite, I'm not quite there. I haven't got to the point where I can kill five guys reliably before I get gadded, and it hurts me deeply. Um, so I have played it once or twice after, but it just, I don't find the experience rewarding so i haven't gone back to it um and it's something to do with like the time i put in versus the enjoyment i get out of the game um so i kind of put it down for a little bit i i I think i will come back to it but something's just not clicking like for me it's like a six out of ten experience at the time which doesn't merit me going back again and again and again i just something's missing there for me yeah, I mean, I've got I, I I've had a pretty opposite experience where I love the the ability to just jump in. I've actually had some some early successes in that game, which I think, you know, I mean, you're you're really good at FPSs. This I know about you. You're great about you're you're a great first person shooter guy. You're, uh, you know, obscenely good at games like Destiny, etc. Maybe that's maybe that's actually hindering you a little bit here. I don't know because it's got that no, kind of. No, because it only that, takes me about ten rounds to adapt. Like literally, I, I went over to our mutual friend Rob's house today. And uh, he had Black Ops 3 going, um, a little bit of a, a throwback back to Black Ops. But, uh, you know, for the first couple rounds, I was getting getting ruined because everybody's level 300. And, you know, I, I didn't quite get the syncope of the game. But uh, by round eight or nine, uh, top of the heap, it just kind of have to dial it in, right? Um, and yeah, I haven't, but that's, I haven't that quite just, got there with Fortnite. To be clear, though, that's that's not a third-person game, right? Oh, yeah. No, to be clear, that is not a third-person. 
person. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, the the gameplay in Fortnite, and again, not to dive too deeply back into Fortnite, but the gameplay in Fortnite is decidedly different from a first person shooter. You know, there there are just the building and the way that you maneuver around cover and the way that you are just just the mode of play, which is not actively deathmatch or even objective focus. It's it's very much got that survival kind of vibe to it. If you don't want to wrap your arms around the survival element and the rush of having scarcity go on, because that's that's really the the beautiful thing about these games is that, you know, scarcity is present. There's always the possibility that someone's going to come around the corner with a gun that will just utterly overpower you. Um, but the fact that it all happens within the, the span of one session means that you don't feel like you're perennially being overpowered by people who have invested more time in the game. So those those are the those are kind of the vectors that you you'd, you'd have to latch onto to really enjoy it. And I feel like um, you know I feel like maybe there's just too much of a swing in the game for someone to have an advantage early on if they pick up a weapon or something like that that uh you know that that um that you can't hope to match with that that maybe maybe that's what why it's not really clicking for you or you're not feeling it but just just a guess no like i love the beginning phase like i actually love seeing four other guys fall into the same zone as me and we're all scrambling to get a gun and the first guy to get a gun like gets the other three i really enjoy that it's something yeah, it's that great. happens in the middle phase when you ha- have your initial success and you're kind of running around where, you know, I, I'm running around to the next thing and I get shot by somebody I don't see in the back. And I'm like, oh, OK. You know what I mean? It's just like there's nothing satisfying about that. It's not it, I don't get that feeling of, you know, good form. You outdid me. It's just ah, something's missing. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, uh, you know, I, I, outside of being. Like it, when, the example you've given me of getting shot in the back from someone from afar, you know, the, the only thing I can not say to that from is from afar, just like maybe afar, maybe not afar, but just not a satisfying encounter. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I guess I, I, I don't know how to quantify that. But what I will say is that on my end, I, that, that exact moment is, is exciting for me. I'm really enjoying the like. You know, because it is such a long form round, right? You could be in there anywhere between 20 and 30 minutes if you're, you're making it down to the finals. Um, because it's so long form, there's the opportunity for your attention to lapse just long enough to get smoked. And mm. if that happens, you know, like a game like Destiny, for example, or a first person shooter like Call of Duty or Black Ops or whatever, you know, you're constantly in the adrenaline state. You're constantly, you know, um, trying to rack up those kills or, or accomplish your objective. But there's, there's usually action happening most of the time. Fortnite's not like that, right? You, you've very often got lulls and periods where, you know, you're either just wandering around or trying to stay in the zone of the playable space. Um, and, you know, you can lose your attention. You can stop being careful. And that's when you get smoked. I love that, uh, that, that element of it because uh, I guess it's, it's just the endurance race of, of a shooter game. So, yeah, that's, that's what I'm enjoying about it. Uh, hopefully you and I can jump back into it again sometime, though, and, and give, it a, give it a doozy. Yeah, fair play. We'll have to jump back in and I'll try to keep that head on a swivel in, inside that mid game. Yeah. And uh, some exciting stuff. You, you ready for this? Now, I'm I, ready. Again, we're going to be releasing this episode just after Christmas. So I'll know by the time that this actually hits, uh, hits the airwaves, so to speak. Uh, but I think I'm getting a switch for Christmas. I'm Ooh. freaking tripping out. I'm pretty sure my wife picked up a switch. I'm almost 100% certain it's the only thing I wanted for Christmas. So if she didn't, you know, it could, could be bad. It could be a bad day. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. No, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm super excited about it. There's nothing that I want to play more right now than Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey. So uh, next episode, I'll let you know, friend. 
I am I'm excited, and uh, we may have to do a little venture to your domicile to to get get some two player. Now, is there are there any two player games on the Switch right now? That you oh yeah, at the top of your head, I mean Mario Kart. Um, I think Splatoon. Uh, those are the two kind of popular ones that I believe are are multiplayer. I mean Mario Kart for sure is. I'm not yeah. sure about Splatoon. All right. um, I'm sure there's other ones, but uh, yeah, the, I, Mario Kart's the one I'll be getting. I mean, I, I, you get that on every Nintendo platform, no matter what, right? N64, Mario Kart. Wii, Mario Kart. GameCube, Mario Kart. DS, Mario Kart. It's just, it's automatic. Super Nintendo, buddy. You're rich. So I, did, I, I, I wasn't a Super Nintendo kid. I was a Genesis kid, right? I never had a, a, a Super Nintendo um, too busy jamming my way through Sonic the I, Hedgehog. I thought all Super, or I thought all Sega kids had like a stepdad named Ron, and, and you didn't have a stepdad named Ron. Yeah, they all. Most of them are in jail now. Uh, I was one of the ones who managed to get help early. Um, so you know, I'm okay. Uh, but yeah, the 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 uh, Mario Kart for Super Nintendo I picked up much much later, um, a couple years ago when I picked up my first Super Nintendo off the Jeej. And uh, yeah, I just I couldn't play. I, I literally found that soup that Mario Kart unplayable, and that that's some heresy, I'm sure. But I, I just couldn't couldn't even couldn't even touch it. Is that silence disapproving? Is that a disapproving silence? No, no, I was I was deep in thought, uh, <laughs> and I, I apologize for not for not hitting that ball back at you. Well, Andy, that's an interesting uh, um, diet. No, not diatribe. That's an interesting anecdote, and I'm pleased you shared it. <laughs> well, fuck you very much. And now for our sponsors. <laughs> this episode of Purple Dungeon Squid is brought to you by Weed and Video Games. Episode six, folks. Episode six and still flying solo, but we got weed to keep us warm and video games to keep us entertained. Also brought to you by using a disposable razor too many times. Do you have a throat and do you like to take chances? Good news. We have your overused razor. Ooh, yeah, that one's gonna that one's gonna take off just a thick layer of your skin. Not a delicate one, a nice thick swath. Slimy cold cuts. Because subway artist doesn't always denote a high quality of performance. That's right. Wedgies in a suit. Get ready to squirm with your worm. <laughs> That's I gotta tell you. Uh, a wedgie in a suit is a uniquely terrible thing. Um, there, there's literally no way to pick that sucker. We'll, we'll continue on. I, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. And platonic female relationships. Because sometimes the only thing worse than having sex is not having sex. <laughs> and finally, getting more fiber. Because sometimes you got to go. Here, give me a platonic female relationships again. I got another one. Platonic female relationships. Is it going to be your girlfriend or wife who doesn't get it or all your male friends? <laughs> Good Lord. If you want to actually sponsor the show, feel free to email us at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. Until then, you'll have to put up with this nonsense. Oh, we're going to keep doing this even when the sponsors show up. I'll, I'll, I surrender for no man. All righty then, friend. Well, welcome, Dan, to the Low Pro Holiday Smoke Show, my good man. How do you wow. like that title? Yeah. Alliteration coming a out. Little, <laughs> a little bit of that alliteration. You know, um, this time of year, it is uh, almost a certainty that you're going to be spending your time in the comfort of others. And that's great for those of you that are family-minded. I'm, I'm one of those folks myself. Um, and you know, there's plenty of folks out there who get uncomfortable uh, in the best of times being around their family or their significant other's family. Sometimes a little cannabis can take the edge off of that, you know? And so... 
What I wanted to do was dedicate just a couple minutes to talking about how you can discreetly go about consuming or otherwise uh, participating in your cannabis without necessarily offending any, like, any, let me ask, I don't want to say offending in two big, you know, red bold letters, but Dan, I mean, you're going to some family, some family events this holiday season. Is that, is that a, is that a certainty? That's right. And there's only really one way to do it. You sit down, you lock eyes with the patriarch of the family, you fire up just the dankest blunt and just lock eyes. That's it. That's his, your strategy. It's his move. It's his move. <laughs> I see what? this. This segment is not what? going to be super relative, relevant what? for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, are, are you going to be are you going to be ingesting a little bit of the dankness when you uh, when you go to Christmas dinner? So let's say hypothetically that there will be some herb imbibed. If you look at the environs, the various environs, which myself and my sweet sweet lady will find themselves, there is a varying grade of acceptability on the playing field. Now, what I love is there's one or two players, they're diggity down. Yeah, Not that's only, the that's, let, me, let me just go out on a limb here. That's the cousin? There might be a cousin, hypothetically, allegedly uh -huh. a cousin. Uh, maybe, maybe there is uh, you know, a second nephew. Um, and they'll even cover for you. They're like, oh, we, we sent out Dank Dan um, for some ice. Oh, we yeah. Need some of that ice for that nog. Meanwhile, there's a crisper to the brim you know, getting that crisp ice, um, you know, and then there's some, there's a sliding scale of acceptability. There is the, the ring around that uh, or within that closer to the, the, the uh, objection where they would simply grimace at the knowledge that you've done so. And then there's the inner circle past that where they have this like dualism in their mind. There's a cognitive dissonance. And let me give you an example. This is um, usually your grandfather or, or someone of that age where you, you mentioned marijuana, and they said, no, I don't approve of that. And then you, then you say uh, something about m the medical applications. So they go, no, medical marijuana is different. Which What I love about that is I think that Grandpa uh, Sanders believes that there is like a, it's a different product. Oh, Do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, like there's, gotcha. there's marijuana, what drug dealers sell. Ooh. And then there's a totally different product, and it's called medical marijuana. It's right. It's a-okay. It's been scrubbed clean. That one's been grown by, uh, by the weed man at the government, the government house. That's some yeah. government weed, friend. That's correct. And, and then at the very center is, is the, 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 the people that think that it is a gateway to uh, hard heroin use. And, yes. Uh, and lets the devil into your heart. As we all know, that's why we do it. I mean, listen, you know, a little bit of devil because, in the heart is good for of the soul. Our, because for our affinity with Satan, yeah, that's that's the uh, the <laughs> what a what a what a what a blessed conversation topic on this Christmas on this Christmas Day. God bless us, yeah. everyone. You uh, bet. Yeah, no, and I, and I, I mean, listen, man, I think everybody has the same characters at their their family gatherings. Everything from you know sweet cousin Steve, who's uh, who's a university kid who you know rips bongs for breakfast, all the way on down to you know blessed Aunt Ellen. Who uh, you know doesn't isn't too fond of the uh, the idea of cannabis. Never mind that someone within you know fifteen meters has consumed it. Um, she asked you if you were on drugs when you were eight years old. Yes. You know, just a random accusation. Are you on drugs? No, well. <laughs> just before she just before Quit she dipped it, lady, into you're her, scaring us. <laughs> just before she dipped into her uh, her medical cabinet, popped uh, you know popped, popped four pills and then uh, downed it with a with a bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> but, <laughs> 
but I do digress. It is important that we respect those folks who are still uncomfortable with cannabis. I think it is anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Be personal discreet. Little, be discreet. Why not? You know, I mean, got nothing to lose there. So there's a there's a couple a couple little tips that I've I've gleaned from my my university days when I was often more ripped in in even more uncomfortable scenarios. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, let's like let's the just, back of a Volkswagen. Yeah, the back of a Volkswagen or the back of a police cruiser, either, either of the two. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, so there's a couple things you can do when you're going into the family gathering and you want to consume a little cannabis to make sure that things aren't going to go awry and you're not going to be tripping out all uh, all evening when you know when your when your stepdad um, you know takes you out back for a whooping. Boy, that, that doesn't happen to anybody. I hope I'm a fully grown man, Ron. Unhand <laughs> me. You're not my dad. Oh, Don't do terrible. that voice. That that one's not convincing. No, that's not the good one. Got you. So it's a so. Let me ask you, Dan. Um, what what is the most telltale sign that someone is participating in the reefer? Um, it's it's my Snoop Pounds shirt. Um, <laughs> that says Blaze It Blaze It Four Twenty. Yes, that's uh, that's the sure one. Uh, yes. But <laughs> but you know the the you, buddy walks into the car. You immediately you know is stoned. How how is how's that the case? He smells like uh, stale smells like herb weed. and uh, uh, very, very soupy bong water. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, like, the smell is probably the number one thing. It's what all of the innovations of cannabis are seeking to or, or have, have sought to address, like vaporizers and stuff like that. You know, yes, there's the whole burning plant matter thing and the health thing. Yes, for sure, that's that's a main element. But it's also about being more discreet and and p- perhaps camouflaging um you know the the very pungent odor of marijuana the first thing that i can say is that when you're when you're trying to disguise the fact that you've got cannabis on you where i often see folks go awry is the way that they're actually storing their unburnt unused cannabis which is usually i mean if you're uh, if you're going back to uh, the the yeah, the, the the your your weed man tradition of old is a Ziploc bag, right? Like how else do you how else do you get weed from a sketchy dude on the corner? Twisted up newspaper. Twisted. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I mean, the the first thing you can invest in to to stop yourself from smelling like dank weed is a smell proof container. And there are some seriously sweet innovations in the world of uh, in the world of smell proof containers. Like, uh, have you ever have you ever seen a um what the hell is it called? Uh, oh, uh, it's, it sorry, the, it's a med container. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen one before? Uh, yeah, I have. I've, I, I, you know, it's, you always see them out in the wild and I think to myself, oh, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah. I should pick one up. I actually was gifted one a, a while ago and I stuffed it in the bottom of my backpack and it stayed there for like six months. I pulled it out a little while ago cause the med, the med tainer is basically, it, I actually believe it was originally made for, um, crushing up and keeping pills like, like for actual, um, patients of, you know, that needed to do so. I, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm why I'm, would you crush up pills? I, I guess it's for like seniors. Sometimes they crush up their pills cause they're easier to take or whatever. Um, Anyway, th- this when is, you this wanna, is what... when you want to when you want to slip a, a sedative to Murray. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually kind of it sounds a little bit sinister. I mean, the the so I was pitched on the Medtainer from one of the guys from Medtainer, and this is what he told me. Oh, this is yeah, we weren't in the weed space at all. We just you know we were making uh, you know pharmaceutical accessories, and then you know they we we kind of branched over into here. And it's actually a really great product for the for the cannabis space because um, they're one hundred percent smell proof. They're child proof as well. They're they're a little bit more. They're not hard to open, but definitely be challenging for like a young child to get into it. Um, they Your often toddler come, grasp is insufficient to yes. leverage this herb, sir. 
<laughs> and it, it actually comes with a little grinder inside, which is it's made of plastic, but somehow it works super well. Um, yeah, so it's 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 you know maybe four inches tall, very easy to slip into a bag. I would recommend that all day long. There's a bunch of knockoffs on the market too. They probably work great as well. But I digress. Anyway, if you can't get your hands on a medtainer, there's also some smell-proof bags. I think that they sell them at dispensaries now. Um, a lot of the packaging that you'll buy cannabis in initially uh, from like a dispensary or a proper spot, um, they're smell-proof. Um, but you know, if you can't get your hands on a smell-proof bag or you can't get your hands on a medtainer, my recommendation would be to go a direction different from dry herb and stick with like shatter or wax. Because I mean, what do you think? Do, do you think that's a reasonable a reasonable swap? Like you can't really smell shatter or wax, right? I'm not I'm not alone in this. Smell wise, completely, um, you know, obscured. Uh, in terms of the equipment often required to imbibe it, though, a little bit more sort of gear needed. Yeah, I mean, it, depending on depending on how you're ingesting it, but we can get get over to that. But yeah, I mean, if you're dead set on on dry herb, you know, you're a traditional joint guy or whatever whatever the scenario may be. Um, you know, you you definitely want to invest in something that'll keep that from stinking up your bag or your pocket or wherever you're wherever you're going to be stashing it. Um, which brings us to like, how are you going to smoke it? So like. I mean, of course, you're smoking it right before Christmas dinner because that turkey is going to taste 8,000 times better, right? And so for your best bet, it may be a, a, very obvious, um, a very obvious statement, but an edible is probably your best bet for literally no smell. You get an edible chocolate, uh, you get an edible gummy worm, you pop that sucker like an hour before Christmas dinner, and you're off to the races. Am I right? Absolutely. Now, uh, tread lightly because the edible is the one that can sneak up on you, um, both in dosage and, you know, the latency, um, because you can go far, far, far too deep. Uh, and it is metabolized different uh, when ingesting it than when smoking it, metabolized in your liver. Um, and uh, you can go uh, all the way to Jupiter uh, with full hallucinogenic effects. And so tread lightly with the edibles, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be going that deep uh, around family. That sounds, I mean, maybe you do, but for, for my family, that sounds like, that sounds like actual hell. Um, the, next best for, the next best for obscuring smell would probably be a vape. So I went deep with a, with a Da Vinci recently. Uh, this is like the, every, I think I've hit the Da Vinci IQ on literally every episode. So my, my royalty has got to be coming someday. But ah, j'accuse. J'accuse, Um But I've, I've had an opportunity to try a couple other dry herb vapes over the past couple weeks. Um, and, you know, there's something that I've noticed from all of them. It's that you can get away with a dry herb vape in a couple different ways. Um, if you're using it sparingly, so you're not doing like a, a huge vape sesh, if you're gonna you're gonna heat it up very quickly, take one, two, three pulls, and then turn the vape off and put it away, you're probably okay. There's not a whole lot of smell that's gonna come from that. But if you let it overcook in there, doesn't matter what vaporizer it is, whether it's an expensive packs or like you know a sixty dollar whatever. Um, if you let it overcook, it's gonna stink like burnt hair and shit. Both of those things put together. It is not an appealing combination. And definitely the opposite of low pro. You go from zero to 100 in like three seconds of, of bad judgment. So definitely. Keep it out of that red zone. That's very important. Yeah, keep it out of the red zone. And, and even like, I don't know, Da Vinci has this this kind of pro. It's a very complicated vape. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, some of the nuances of it. Now, but Andy, can, as I read the, your pitch package, you're supposed to say, nuanced and with many features. Could I get it again? 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll try one. I'll try. <laughs> I need to get uh, some of this to see if I feel like if I coach you, they might cut me in on this secret side deal you have going on with Da Vinci. Mm, da Vinci, just, get at me. I, you know, I'll do you so good. Forget you just this. Just sucking the Da Vinci dick, I'll, my friend. I'll do you so good. <laughs> get it going. Um, yeah, I mean, it, so back to what I was saying, it, it has all these complicated kind of uh, heating patterns that you can program on your iPhone. Still trying to figure that one out. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It has like an app and like, I, I don't I don't really understand the application of it yet, but I'm sure it's a good one. That Sounds being said, like a premium product. It's not bad, but I haven't been able to get it to a point where if I just leave the vaporizer for more than like three or four minutes while I'm rounding up the gang or like, you know, doing an email or something like that, if I forget about it for three or four minutes, it starts to stink like shit. And I just don't need that in my life because the right. vaporizer I'm using inside, I'm not going outside to vape. That's the reason I bought a vape in the first place. Right, so yeah, right. the, 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 the method here is don't overcook it. Conversely, you're talking about wax and shatter needing some gear, but I can tell you consuming wax and shatter in a, in a vape pen um, is a real easy way to enjoy that. And at the same time, I find that it's very challenging to get any sort of lingering smell out of that. Usually it's a very clean hit. You exhale and that smell is gone in a couple seconds. So Yeah, there's, there's less matter to burn through. It's already a distilled version, uh, you know, so you're going to get a lot less of that plant matter burning and uh, therefore less, less of an issue. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, if, you, if you're insisting on burning some herb, I got a little I got a little insider tip here. Um, the biggest challenge about burning herb is you've then got like a peripheral to use or to to stash after. If you've got a car outside or something that you can kind of stash your pipe in, that's fine and dandy. But to be honest, you probably don't want to have, you know, a stinky pipe in your car either. That's a that's a legal liability right there if I've ever heard of one. So the biggest challenge for me is, you know, what do you do with your pipe? What kind of pipe do you use? You probably don't want to be ripping a bong because that's, you know, at that point you're not low pro at all. I found that an aluminum dugout is like the next best thing to going vape. So have you ever have you ever used one like uh, one of the one of the the one hitters? You know what I'm talking about? You know I have, and they are fantastic. Yeah. So what do you like about it? Pocket size, easy to use. Make sure that you tap it out after you use it and smoke it fully. And uh, you know you got everything you need in in one little spot. It's got a sort of a section for your your grinded flour, your ground flour even. Uh, a spot for the uh, bat uh, that looks just enough like a cigarette that nobody's going to ask any questions. And, uh, you know, you're, you're mobile. You're good to go. Well, yeah, and I think that the key element of an aluminum dugout, and this is, this is, this is where I think the magic is, if you can hit the whole bowl or the whole, the whole pack in one go, your residual smoke is almost zero because that's the number one reason why a joint is a terrible idea for trying to not smell like weed because you're smoking it, but it's also smoking from the tip the whole time. That smoke's going everywhere. It's getting all over you. It's getting all over your hands specifically. It's, it's a stinky business, right? Same thing with a hand pipe. Yeah, you can kind of stash it away and it's small, but if you're packing a bowl and you can't take that whole bowl in one go, then you've got that residual smoke. The nice thing about a dugout, again, it's that cigarette-sized bat. You tamp it in your uh, in your aluminum compartment it comes out with one hit worth of weed you suck that bad boy down hold it in for a second and, and blow it with the wind that's the most important thing don't blow it into the wind or you fucked yourself friend um blow it with the wind and it's like it's like it never happened in and out and nobody knows so let me ask you have you ever used a sploof 
what in God's name is a sploof? <laughs> are, you, are you shitting me with right now? I, I know you've used a sploof. I shit you not. A sploof sounds like a mistake. It sounds like, you remember how I told you about my terrible rolling skills? A sploof is what I, everybody else is rolling a spliff. I produce a sploof and they're like, what's that? I'm like, it does the job. <laughs> really? I didn't know this about you. So a sploof is like the universal, um, I'm in, you know, a dorm and I want to smoke, but not go outside. It's the, it's the old cardboard tube with a dryer sheet on the end. You've never used one of those. Oh, for sure. I, I've, I've never heard it called a sploof. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. I've done, I, I don't even know what now that you say that. I don't know what we call it. Maybe it's called a sploof and I just, I just missed the sploofity boat. There you go. Very good. Very good. Um, you're, you, you, you were using a shovel, but you were calling it a lifesaver. Um, yeah, I mean, so the, <laughs> if you absolutely insist, if you absolutely insist on, you know, burning down a joint or, or smoking out of a pipe, a spliff can be your, your next best friend. It stops it, sm stops the smoke or the exhale from filling up the garage, uh, with stankiness or, or even, you know, catching a, an out, an outdoor family member somewhere downwind. There's actually also a product. It's called the smoke buddy. Ever seen one? No, I haven't seen a smoke buddy. Really? I, I'm so surprised. Like you're, uh, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm learning you on this one. Well, I think it's just that I maintain an open and honest relationship with my loved ones. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see <laughs> all of these like covert low pro things. That was, that was all my thing. I see. First I dose my family with a, a stiff ether rag. They'll be out for 45 <laughs> minutes. Then I go into the sub basement I've created, drop the blast door and I smoke what has been turned into an inert dust that uh, doesn't even get you high, but uh, there's zero smell. It scratches that addiction. That's Fuck right. me. All right. <laughs> well, uh, very good. Very good. So Smoke Buddy is basically like a, a manufactured sploof that I think works for 500 or 1,000 exhales or something like that. Um, and it just it leaves the air smelling laundry fresh when it could have smelled like dark reefer prior. That's how so. you know we've reached peak. Um, sort of uh, pot business because uh, you know a, a element that was designed haphazardly, Mag MacGyvered by some great stoner of yore, you know, with uh, items found around the house, uh, things that would be essentially considered garbage, um, has now been co-opted by um, maybe somebody just as, as industrious uh, to sell as a product on the on the market. And I, I there's something special about that. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I've actually met the Smoke Buddy guy, really cool. Um, but he has a huge business, and there's actually uh, there's a lot of copycats in the market too. So it's it's obviously like something that people really enjoy having, and I can see why, especially if you're condo living or in an apartment or something like that. You want to smoke indoors, but you don't want your whole hall to reek like weed and have you know a knock on the door from the super a couple minutes later. Um, it can be really handy for sure. Yeah, as we we live closer and closer to our neighbors, if you don't have. <clears throat> You know, the the balcony, you know, being a considerate uh, blazer, I, I get that. That goes a long way. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So you've covered up your smoke. You've got your, you know, your appropriate peripherals so that you, you're creating as little of an impact or a footprint as possible. You got to you got to do the uh, the quick desmellify of yourself before and after you smoke. So number one thing is wash your hands. Your hands get real stinky when you're smoking. They get stinky when you're rolling. They get stinky when you're packing your bowl. They get stinky when you touch the bottom of your lighter that you've used to tamp the burning plant matter in your pipe. Uh, washing your hands is the single number one thing that you can do to stop yourself from stinking like weed after you've participated. The one thing that, and you mentioned it on another show, you're in the bathroom, you're cleaning up your hands, you might be tempted to like brush your teeth or to pile on some gum. 
What did you say about that, Dan? It really kind of struck me and got me thinking about not doing that. Well, you know what? It's a rookie move, um, whether it's the gum or the brushing your teeth or you blast yourself with Axe cologne. No, people, bad move. Just don't do that. It's a rookie move and you hate to see it because people come in and they go, something is amiss here because your teeth are glistening. You, you, you smell like you're uh, uh, a, uh, be, uh, uh, an Italian bed soaked in Axe cologne heading to the club and not all italians let me say that right now hashtag not all italians um you know there are better ways yeah i mean cologne is like the number one thing like it's it's the it's the if you're in high school and you smoked some weed and you're afraid someone's gonna catch you douse yourself in as much cologne as fits into your gym bag and then it you is smell a like rookie move and you hate to see it hate to see it hate to see it but yeah it's, it's 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 the thing where if you come in noticeably smelling like something that you didn't smell like before it's just it's the number one tip off that you've gone and done something strange right it's the you just got home your wife said hello you didn't hug her and you went directly to the shower that's what you just did for your family <laughs> you know that's I mean? a recipe for a divorce yes sir yes sir Here's, here's, the, here's the move. You're already in a place with a lot of food. Get yourself a snack on your way out to the smoke sesh. Preferably something with garlic. Um, potatoes are good. Something starchy that'll coat the inside of your mouth. Peanut butter is the golden Al goose here. Almond butter cookie. Almond That's butter cookie. That's a big winner. It'll That's get the you winner. there. An yeah. onion bagel. Onion bagel is an excellent one. for, uh, for what, your Who's... who's Whose holiday event are you going for? Like, <laughs> did you want some apple crumble or would you like an onion bagel <laughs> with some uh, locks and capers? Some locks and capers. Some locks and capers. Yeah, peanut butter is uh, is if you can find that, even if you can find just like a spoonful of peanut butter, go eat that shit because it's uh, it's the second you put it to your lips, all you're gonna smell like for the next twenty minutes is peanut butter. Um, wearing a sweater. Another little pro tip: wear a sweater and take it off and put it in your car or just get rid of it when you come back to the table. In fact, the, the sneakiest move is go from sweater to holiday sweater. It's the holiday sweater switch out, right? Because you've just gotten more festive. That's what's just happened. And you can chuckle to yourself knowing that you've put on a little tune too. But definitely don't yeah. use cologne. You're going to have to burn that other sweater because that's evidence. And while you're at it, you're going to have to murder your co-smoke mates. They are also... Uh, evidence. So I recommend removing a manhole cover and nudging them into it. You can't be too careful. Yeah. Okay, man. You've been uh, you've been you've been experimenting with bath salts. <laughs> Andy, evident. do you want to go for a smoke real quick? I do never. I do never. Um, little one last little pro tip. If you must spray, if you if you're if you want like an aerosol experience to just freshen things up a little bit, and it's not it's not a terrible idea as long as you handle it appropriately. Not cologne, not body spray. Whip up something natural with a little lavender, mint, thyme, tea tree oil. Th those those four kind of essential oils can be mixed and matched to create the scent of your liking. Dilute it a little bit with some water. Spritz it on yourself. You're not going to smell like anything overtly offensive. It'll be very faint, but it also it also attacks that odor. At the source so those the, botanicals are gonna uh, weave themselves in very very nicely into the the surrounding sort of smells uh in the space uh, they're not going to be uh like let, let's think of uh, something that could be an accent it's not going to be uh like a mohican warrior or uh 
<laughs> yeah, it's not going to be a tidal surf or some other axe shit. Uh, but you will smell like you're you're you know you're a side to the turkey when when that that's time right. is. Yeah, that's that's it. Hey, what smells so good? I think that's Grandma's turkey. No, nah, that's Uncle Dan. That's Uncle Dan. Um, Visine. Uh, just just another last couple things on the checklist. Use Visine if your eyes get red. Mine don't, but yours might. Um, dress nicely. There, there's something psychological about like you know a family member rolling in who's stoned out of his fucking tree. But if he's wearing a dress shirt, you might not notice. Uh, and then the the last thing the last thing that I can say is this. You probably shouldn't be smoking yourself silly. If you if you want to remain low pro, again, if your family's cool with that shit, then God bless. Go go you know go rip some bowls. But if you want to stay completely unnoticed in your cannabis voyage, your best protection is to microdose. You know, if you're a heavy smoker, you will know the dosage that's appropriate for you to just get a little buzz going on, bring that appetite level up, get that euphoria going, uh, but not enter a deep deep stoning. But if you're a casual smoker, do a tiny pinch. Just a tiny pinch that you can easily clear in one breath and stay away from like super crazy THC strains. No like ghost OG or anything fucking nuts. Grab yourself, you know, some high CBD weed and like, you know, take an easy time of it. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Stay in the stratosphere. Yeah. So all that being said, Dan, um, are you going to are you going to be smoking a little bit of weed this Christmas? I'm going to have to play that pretty close to the chest, my man, <laughs> so as not to implicate myself. Yeah, yeah. All of your uh, your weed-opposed relatives will be checking out the podcast later. Um, here's another tip. Don't mention it on a podcast that gets publicly broadcasted to any and all folks that are willing to listen to it. Uh, <laughs> that is a good policy. That's a good policy. That's a good policy. Good stuff, buddy. Good stuff. Well, listen, that's uh, that's that's your holiday low-pro smoke show. Um, if you have any questions or comments about any of those uh, hopefully useful ways of keeping yourself low pro, feel free to email us at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. A, because I'd love to hear it, and B, because I'm always looking for fun new ways to stop myself from stinking like weed. Boss. Boss. Dan, you played some games. Tell me about it. Oh, man. I climbed in to an old favorite, um, and, uh, you know, it, uh, it's something that I've been to the, to the pool with before, but I decided to dip back in. It's a great game called Invisible Ink. Have you heard of Invisible Ink, Andy? No, never heard of it before. Tell me all about it. Available, <clears throat> excuse me, available across a bunch of platforms. Uh, there's a Windows release and an iOS release and uh, an OS X release. Sorry, iOS like iPhone? Uh, yeah, 2016 came out on the iPhone, buddy. You're shitting me. I shit you not. Um, and uh, this is game is a uh, tactical espionage game. Uh, it takes place in the, the year 2074, where corporations rule the world with brutal efficiency. And uh, the agency, as they call it, Invisible Incorporated, um, at the very uh, start of the game, you find yourself uh, under attack at your headquarters. There's been um, maybe a double cross. Something's gone wrong, and your headquarters has been breached. Uh, and it was only through uh, guile that the leader of the agency was able to uh, free your AI. Uh, Interesting. Persona, I think. No, it's not called Persona. That's another game we're playing. <laughs> what is it called? Play. It actually might be called Pers. In it might be or Incognita. Anyway, it's got a clever name. Um, oh, I love I the story flavor behind it. They said that in the 40s, as in the 2040s. Um, she, yeah, as a woman, 
um, was a weather AI that they then, at the time during the War of 2040, co-opted to predict troop patterns, and uh, uh, that, that the leader of your your agency preserved because she was nostalgic of, nostalgic about it. And the premise is, is that as an agency on the run, your AI has 72 hours of power, which makes it means about somewhere between eight to 12 missions, um, depending on where in the world you go, because time's a factor. Um, to uh, reestablish yourself and mount an attack to take down the corporations um, that have wronged you. Uh, and uh, what, the way the game actually plays out is an isometric view. You get dropped onto a, a randomly generated, let's call it um, either, you could think of it as an office level. Um, they kind of look like office levels. And, and, and this is one of the, the, I think, the true weaknesses of the game. Uh, it, you know, just to slide in there is all the levels look a little bit. Uh, the same, uh, but you start off with two agents. All the others have been either captured or, or believed to have been killed. Um, you know, you're sent out on, on, to uh, either uh, get cash, get equipment, free agents, or um, get intel. Um, and the way that works out is turn-based, uh, sneaking around, taking out guards, hacking terminals um, with your, I think it's called incognita, maybe. Uh, hacking terminals with your AI, incognito perhaps, um, and you know what it ends up being is an extremely addictive, um, deceptively seeming simple at the front of it, but you find yourself halfway through the the, the second mission, you're like, this is uh, is quite a tense, uh, you know, uh, situation where every choice matters, where you're sending certain agents matter, um, you know. You, you, I find myself sort of holding my breath for long periods of time, you know, hoping I've made the right move uh, as we make our way through these various levels. Interesting, interesting. So, is it turn-based? Like, uh, are you are you plotting out kind of where your agents go around the map, and then watching them execute, and then the enemy kind of reacts in turn? Is that it? So, um, are you familiar with XCOM? Yeah, you know what? I've I've never played XCOM. Of course, I know what it is, and and actually, I've I've played the board game, but I've never played the actual the actual <laughs> the actual deep video cut, game. Deep cut. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's in the realm of games like XCOM or Jagged Alliance um, or Fallout Tactics. Everybody's got AP action points, um, right? De depending on your character. Like uh, right now, uh, the main guys I'm using is a character called Decker, who seems to be uh, you know a future private eye. He's got He's got his long trench coat. He's got his fedora. Um, he specialized in speed and strength. And uh, I also have a hacker. Um, I forget her name. It's, oh, uh, International, I think it is. Her name is uh, International. I don't know what to tell you, man. And She must um, have a hard time dating. Right, or she just needs to hook up with Pitbull, Mr. <laughs> International. Um, you know, and well, she's your hacker well type. Right. And, and sort of the idea is, you know, the game seems to be built in two ways, either play lethal or uh, which seems to be easier, but costs you more cash because if you get lethal weapons and kill people, there's a cleanup cost at the end. Um, if you oh, go uh, non-lethal, uh, you know, the enemy only goes down for, say, uh, three or three or four turns uh, and then they're up again. There's some neat, neat mechanics. If you park yourself on a downed um, guard, he'll stay down and his counter won't start going as, as if you're pinning him or right. uh, keeping him, I guess, in a continuous chokehold. Um, nice. you know, so you're sneaking around trying to get objectives, whether it's to a vault or to hack a terminal or to steal a VIP or free an agent. There's uh, something that keeps the tension really high. And, 
and it's not just the music, which is, does a great job. There's a security counter, and the security counter ticks up every turn. And there are six pieces of this security pie that it's counting up through each level, and then it goes up a level. At each level, something happens. The encryptions might get harder on the, the items that you're hacking. It'll take more of a resource called power that your, uh, your AI produces and that you can get through various means, hacking terminals and whatnot. Um, and, or it could bring more uh, guards or uh, more heavily equipped guards to the level. And that security counter keeps going up. And certain things will, will cause it to go up even faster. If you get spotted by a guard, seen by a security camera, um, you know, if you if you go into a room that has heat detection, um, so it, it's a it's a it's a sneaking game with tons of nuance. Yeah, no, I mean it sounds it sounds interesting at first blush. Um, now you mentioned that it's on iOS, and like full disclosure, I've got a real hate hard on for like iOS games. I, I've never found one that I that I wanted to stick with more than a couple minutes, just because something about playing on that platform. But this sounds like like pretty deep, so. Is it like a lot? Is there a, is there an overarching story, or is it kind of the thing you jump in, you jump out? You know, you get it's like almost like a puzzle game kind of thing. Like, what, what's the flow of it? The narrative is entirely spread over the 72, 72 hour period. So, um, you know, there is a dialogue going on between your agency's head, um, you, and um, a fence by the name of Monster with an a three for the E, and uh, they're talking. Oh, about how hacker chic! That's right. They go, well, it seems, you know, that you operated for so long without the corporations uh, detecting you, and it seems that they stopped fighting with each other long enough to um, pool their resources to uh, uh, sort of uh, smoke you out. So they, 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 he talks about um, getting enough tech a, a together to mount a counter um, and to be able to uh, sort of overcome them. So you have a 72-hour period that your AI is essentially dying that you need to get to uh, the point where you've had enough successful missions. Because they say every time you have a mission, uh, then the corporate networks go wild trying to find you. And by doing that, they actually reveal their position. Oh, um, interesting. So your agency central is, is tracking that. Um, the idea is eventually um, you'll be able to uh, find that, that final mission spot that's going to be able to uh, sort of complete the game is what I gather. And, the, the, you know, the story beats are pretty great. It's got a neat sort of um, neon noir feel to the graphics. Um, it's done with uh, sort of a, a, it's gone done with a serious tone. Um, but the, the, you know, the games, uh, the, uh, tra graphics are a little bit cartoony. Um, right. But it's sort of a serious cartoony look. Really, really cool. Um, really, really easy on the eyes. And Sounds stylish. Yeah, the troublesome thing for me is even the first mission ended up taking me 25 minutes and I didn't even notice because I'm just, there, minute to minute, second to second, making these decisions, and and the the time just slips away. Uh, so I'm only, I think I'm on the fourth mission or so. So it's got an isomet, it's got an isometric uh, a view, and then when you're on the world map, it's very much like uh, XCOM. If uh, our listeners have played that, one of my favorite games, where you're selecting missions around the world, um, and they're against different corporations. The four big ones, I believe, are FTM, Plastec, KNO, and uh, Senkaku. And each of them has a different speciality. Some of them, their guards tend to be more armored. Uh, some of them tend to use drones more. Some use more passive security systems like heat sensors. So, um, you know, there's some interesting variations in the kind of uh, the kind of levels you're seeing. 
Interesting. Yeah. I mean, so it's it sounds to me like um, you, you said 25-minute play sessions, so probably not ideal for an iOS game, but definitely like a bite-sized play session uh, kind of game. It sounds like you can jump in and out without, uh, without too much penalty. What's interesting, because more and more uh, casual gamers are playing only on a phone. I, I forget the number, but, you know, it's like 30% of gamers only ever play on a mobile device. Um, that you know isn't primarily a gaming device. I, I pulled that number right out of my butt, right um, out of the backside. Right out of the backside. Please fact check. Let me know. But but I it was a shockingly high number when I heard it. So it's interesting to see these medium form games um, hit the iOS. I actually played Banner Saga, um, right. which is a very long form game, entirely on my my iPhone, and, and it it was actually workable. You know what I mean? Really. Not, Super ideal. Well, you know, and I've never been a big handheld guy. You know, we were talking earlier that you're going to send me your 3DS and, 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 and convert me. You probably will. Uh, but if I'm on the, uh, a long trip, somebody's driving or, I, you know, I find myself a little bit of time, um, it's a nice way to pass it. That's not a hollow game, you know, like Flappy Bird, which yeah. can keep your attention for all five minutes. There's a little bit of depth and it just pauses where you're at, you're at and you come back to it, um, you know, and, and fill your boots. So uh, just a little bit more, you know, th th this game, I, I recommend it highly. It's going to keep you on the edge of your seat. If you like any kind of sneaking or tactical game, you like that hacking sort of shadow run feel, um, and, or you like leveling up, you know, characters and customizing them uh, because there's a, a, whole, a whole phase of the game that's that. You spend, spend uh, credits to get your character's augments get them better gear a level up their max. skills man it's got my name written all over it yeah um, no kidding and you know the game has something that i really appreciate in a game like this because it's really easy to hit the wrong button like sometimes you make a bad decision you just made a bad decision but sometimes maybe you uh you you hit the wrong command you select the wrong box and it, the wrong move in this game not only can hold your infiltration session but can fold your whole agency. I'm playing on the second difficulty, and if you fail the mission, the agency is done. Wow. So it's like, so, a, it's like a permadeath situation, in other words. Completely permadeath, but the game has a little bit of grace. It has a rewind feature. So oh. it'll take you to the beginning of your previous turn. And I appreciate that so much because uh, so many times I've, I've hit the wrong thing. I, I walked somewhere I didn't mean to, and oof, you know, you're sunk. Um, and I've made a bad decision that I'd like to pull back on. Like, no, thank you. Um, and it skirts the line of of being completely unforgivable, um, you know, and just a, a little bit forgiving while keeping the tension ratcheted right up. I've actually, right before jumping on the podcast, I believe I've got myself into a no-win scenario. Uh, <laughs> Great. For, that sounds uh, like a game start over, my friend. Yeah, four, four missions up in, and I'm out of um, restarts. Or re, uh, rewinds now uh, you can escape with part of your team and what the game does is it may offer you missions if you get the right intel to go rescue that party member um, from a uh, internment facility oh interesting yeah I like I like that rewind button because you know what it says to me it says that you can reevaluate your tactics after you've submitted them. You can get a little bit of a hint of what's to come, and you can get a little bit of an idea of what's going to be reacting to your turn decision, which I think is cool in a game like that. Because, you know, 
it can get really bogged down by analysis paralysis if you're just spending hours on each turn deliberating if it's going to be a good decision. Having that rewind button means that you have a little bit of grace to rethink tactics, but your overall strategy still needs to be sound. And I think that's what's important in a game like that. So yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like actually a great feature. Now you said it. And I think since I played it last time to this time, they've added a couple things. I noticed there's a DLC button, which I'm not angry at. I think maybe it's more story. I haven't taken a peek. And they seem to have added um, player banter. Oh. Where your characters talk to each other. So um, the detective type, the Decker, he, uh, the Decker character, he's a man of few words. So he says very little. Uh, International, she seems to always talk about the plight of the proletariat. So, you know, you uh, port into the level and she's saying, you know, and that's the problem with upper mo mobility and the, the corporate structure against the, um, you know, the common man. And she goes, oh, we better get started. She's like, but I'll finish telling you about this later. He's like, well, I, he's, Decker's like, I can't wait. <laughs> it's gonna be fantastic yeah man i mean i actually you know jrpgs have done something for me recently where i'm really enjoying inter-party chat like it's not something it's not something that i would have put my finger on previously and been like oh i really enjoy it when the characters that i'm playing with banter with one another especially in a game where that isn't the central focus like an rpg or something like that um but it actually really helps me identify and drop into a game when when the characters actually have some sort of conversational dialogue between them i know again it sounds very specific but that actually would be a huge thing for me yeah, just it makes it feel like you're actually, um, you know, piloting a group of people that with different thoughts and feelings. And, you know, that that banter is something that is very interesting. It makes them feel uh, fleshed out. I think that nice. adds a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, I would say so. So, Dan, is this game newbie friendly? Can you uh, can you just jump in or is it going to take a while to, to soak your feet? Um, you can hop right in. It's a, uh, a game with a great tutorial. Um, the concepts are simple. It's the aggregate of them that adds the complexity. So um, you're, you're very rarely scratching your head going, what happened? You're, you're scratching your head going, uh, how do I get into this? <laughs> Good stuff. And is it 420 friendly? I don't know a game that isn't. But uh, yeah, to answer your I, question, nice I got to tell you, there's lots of games that are not, and we'll go into that. But, uh, but right, yeah. right, Resident Evil Seven, nice, nice visuals. You know, <laughs> that's for a you different reason than a, I was thinking. But yeah, sure, that one, right, that one's you, probably not 420 friendly. Sure, right. You can take a breath and and sort of rest on your laurels, and the the the, the pretty graphics and and the cool soundtrack will keep you there. So yeah, okay, uh, blaze it and then raise it. Yeah, I get you, I get you. And just to kind of like put a button on that, I just feel like there's a lot of games that, not that you can't play while, while, you know, after you've partaken, but, but you just maybe don't want to. They're either too crunchy or there's too many concepts to juggle at once or you know, maybe they don't have the atmosphere for that. They're more strictly strategic or tactically minded. And, and you know, th those games often will turn me off um, you know, if, I, if I've had a blaze before, you know? Yeah, I do, entirely. Speaking yeah, of a blaze that, before. It makes sense. Yeah, you go ahead. Yep. No, thank you for murdering my segue. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, listen, man, it's okay. We'll bury it. We'll, we'll birth a new one. Speaking of a blaze, uh, blaze before, um, you know, we got, I want to talk a little bit about Persona 5. I think we should move to the smoke sash really quickly to hear that because I got some interesting flower here that's smelling up a storm, definitely not in a smell proof container. And I want to explore this a little bit before we, we dive into Persona 5. Sound fair? Yeah, absolutely. Let me grab my smoking plate.
All righty then, my good man. Welcome aboard the uh, the Smoke Top Express. I saw the Polar the, Express earlier. It's uh, it's got me on a nostalgic note. Can we call it the Smoke Stack Express? The Smoke Stack Express. Yes, I think that sounds much better. All right, I like it. Oh yes, sir. What are you smoking? On? Oh 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 oh. Before we talk about what we're smoking, was that on. Santa in reverse? So like oh, Santa oh. backwards. <laughs> oh 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 oh. Satan Santa. Yes, for sure. Um. Man, I, so I was really excited earlier today because I've been looking at getting a volcano. Are you familiar with the volcano? It's, it sounds like I, a fucking paid ad. I'm yeah, killing myself. Yeah, right no, they did form um, the Hawaiian Islands. Uh, oh, shut your mouth. You, what you got is liquid hot magma coming up through uh, the Earth's mantle uh-huh. and, and creating some paradise. And I would like uh, to get some of that. Get a little liquid hot magma right up your ass, my friend. Vesuvius. Vesuvius. Uh, yes. Well, um, now that that trash is behind us, we can move on. I'm speaking about the Volcano Tabletop Vaporizer by Stores and Bickle. Uh, again, this is not a paid advertisement. I got to move myself out of this. I'm just genuinely excited about the fact that it's on sale right now. Um, I spied it in an ad a little bit earlier on, and it brought me back to some earlier days at a vape lounge in downtown Toronto. Uh, the first time that I'd ever tried vapor, um, and, and just, wow, just wrecked because... I didn't understand that a full bag of vapor was was kind of more than a than a modest puff of a joint, right? Um, have you ever used a volcano? Let me ask you that you first. Step up to the plate, and I, you say that's just a bag of air, <laughs> and you start inhaling. And you go, this isn't pungent. This is mm-hmm. like breathing. I'm just gonna do the whole bag, and I'm gonna do another. Oh yeah. I'm gonna and I'm gonna do another. Yeah, then, we were uh, we were playing a bag or a, a bag of life. We were playing play, we played a game of <laughs> <laughs> we played a game of life actor, um, and man, it was the biggest train wreck of a game of life that has ever been had. The little people were falling out of the cars. There were long conversations about Marxism. It was not it was not the right kind of game. Oh, it sounds like either the best time or the worst time. Um, and I think that it's a lot like. Um, not knowing where you're at, like that's the thing I find with the vaporizer. You hit two bags and you're striding confidently into your life, not knowing that over the next hill there waits for you a demon of of just how deep you're about to go. Whereas if you if you take a hearty bowl, you if you've gone too deep, you know by the time you've you've sort of filled your lung exactly where you are. Or at least I find you have a better sense. So uh, yeah, you you know uh, treat it with respect, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, I find vapor, you know, it's it's interesting because you're right. You don't have that that visceral feedback of like smoke in your lungs and a little bit of a cough and, you know, the weight of the smoke to kind of give you an indication of how much you've taken. By the same token, though, I find it's easier with vapor to control the dose. Like, for example, I can take... You know, I have a larger margin for error with vapor than I do with uh, with a bowl of weed because if I'm if I'm smoking a bowl either out of a bong or a pipe or whatever it is that it can often vary between a little bit ripped and like really ripped as opposed to when I'm using a vapor I can usually find myself somewhere in that like forty to sixty percent but for sure it's so easy to ingest vapor that if you're uh, how can I put it if you're not used to doing so you can definitely go too deep because it's kind of like edibles. The effects for me feel a little bit delayed. And at the same time, uh, you can take a whole lot more, you know, you're, you're so right. And visceral feedback is the name of my new eighties hair metal band. Thank you. Well, uh, that's great. I'm your new manager and fuck that. 
10% right off the top. Right off the bottom. I only take it off the bottom. Um, (laughs) The volcano... The volcano... volcano, It's the holidays. Watch yourself. Um, The volcano is god awfully ugly it's it's a tabletop unit it looks like a blender or something like that it's not sexy by any stretch of the imagination it looks like a rock a rock tumbler yes like <laughs> like something you get when you're like 11 years old and you're still really into geology before you realize that it's not cool and you need to smoke cigarettes and drink booze to get girls that's the way to do it just pick up that guitar and a and a cancer causing habit <laughs> but yeah the volcano is um the volcano is not sexy, and it's not particularly well suited for individual use either. Like Wednesday evening, you don't want to be sitting in your room smoking on a bag. It's just got a weird flavor to it. But let me tell you what is cool when you're at a party. Volcano bags are the absolute coolest thing at a party. You have the baggie, you stick it on the volcano, it vaporizes your herb, fills this motherfucker up, and now you're passing around a bag that everybody's inhaling from. It's just it's it looks weird, but it's it's fun. And I would no I would fuss, do- no muss. There's no prep time. The person you are handing it to only has to do arguably the easiest part of the ceremony, which is take that bag. You know, I'm sure there's lots of people out there who say, hey, my favorite part is lighting it up and cooking it down. Um, but, you know, just getting handed the bag of fun, that works. I think that works. It's a fun bag, the good kind of fun bag. And, you know, I mean, I would do a volcano party. I would do one in a second. I would have, like, everybody over, four volcanoes going, and that's all we're doing the whole evening. And and it's just, it's a fun sensation. Here around the holidays, if, you, uh, if you've got the kind of friends, roommates, um, you know, Trisexual life partners that would be into a volcano uh, uh, party, rock and roll, get one, get non, one in you. Non-binary humans, non-binary uh, that, humans that uh, that uh, identify as attack helicopters. <laughs> I myself am an Apache. <laughs> uh, keep yourself uh, honest, there, friend. You might get get yourself in trouble with the Native Americans. Uh, you know what? Good point. Well taken. I'm listening, and I am sensitive to everybody's needs. That's um, it. Starting there. And listen, if we are going to have a volcano party, we have to vary it. It can't. That's a one note party. We got to add uh, four more things. I'm going to say uh, firecrackers, mustard. You already said the first one mustard and pretzels. Okay. Volcano. Okay. Volcano, mustard and pretzels. Um, uh, imp- improvised acrobatics. Okay. Like halfway okay. through the night, everybody's got a somersault. And I love that because there's no open flame uh, to get you into trouble. Can I can I pump it up a notch and say uh, trampoline? Yeah, I don't know about a trampoline. I feel like there's a lot of like potential for death. You're right. Tra- you're right. Yeah. Archery range. That's better. Much better. <laughs> um, much better. Get it. Get an arrow through the bag while someone's inhaling it. Jokes for everybody. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Yeah, on sale now. So jump online. I think it was Vape World that had them on sale. <laughs> Stores and Bickles. Uh, Volcano. Andy, you got to get my name on one of them checks. I know, buddy. I know. Gotta get How do you name. talk about sweet products in the world of weed without sounding like an infomercial? I don't know. But stores and bickles, get at me if you want me to do it again. I know. You're like, we have to give a guide on how to craft, handcraft your own volcano. That's the only thing. Let me tell you how to make a fruit pipe, friend. We'll do it. We'll Smoke do it like out Bob of Ross. We're like, yeah. now you're going to need a heating coil. Yeah. You want to center it right there in the deep uh, middle of it. Uh, and it's going to be 12 volts. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a, ha- ha- a happy little 12 volts. That's a, that's a happy little 
heat coil. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, the Purple Dungeon Squid does not advise you build your own vaporizer. Many have died in that perilous pursuit. I advise it, but I do take no liability. That's, keep, that's keep the... in mind, I'm not a doctor, not an engineer. I'm barely a citizen. Um, you know, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, for sure. And all of that legal deliberation gives us two minutes and forty-five seconds left on our uh, on our retainer for the year. So, earmark that one for the uh, for the books. What are you smoking earmark. on today, Dan? <laughs> what are you smoking well, on? You know, I think let's let's start on yours because I want to go in reverse order uh, for a goof that I've prepared. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, I've got, so this is a, uh, this is a little bit of off the beaten path. I'm smoking on some Moonbeam. Now, Moonbeam is a strain um, grown by Leafs, or sorry, sorry, pardon me, grown by Tweed, which is a licensed producer here in Canada, uh, up in Tweed, Ontario, which is just a little bit north uh, northeast of my own location, so close to home. But it also happens to be the um, the licensed producer that's partnered up with Snoop Dogg, the the Snoop big boss dog, dog. biggity dog, to uh, to create a, a line of weed known as Leafs by Snoop. Which is Andy, pretty damn you know cool. who I love? Who's that? Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. What a dog. gem. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's the real the real fucking deal as they say. I mean, he does it all real. He puts down the real rhymes. He's hitting those real splines. And you know what? Everything I hear about it, he's a, a a legitimately nice person. And a father. And a father. And a father. Dedicated dedicated, dedicated husband. husband. Mm-hmm. He is. He's a dedicated husband. Loves his wife. Boss lady. Um, yeah, the, uh, the brand that he has, interestingly enough, Leafs by Snoop. Um, this is the only strain I've ever, I've ever purchased or, or gotten from Leafs by Snoop. But uh, it's funny. Leafs by Snoop actually had a contentious uh, court case with, um, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. What they were was like, the contention? Well, I mean, they were like, hey, dog, you can't, you can't make it Leafs by Snoop because we're the Leafs, right? As opposed That's to the, the leaves. only time somebody called somebody dog and it was like a legitimate <laughs> nomaker. Listen, in, in, dog. In court. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Sorry, dog. Is it Mr. Snoop, uh, Snoop or is it Mr. Dog? Mr. Dog. Listen here, you can't make it least. And Snoop won. God bless him. Because like, honestly, him. this is not, this is, this is not even close. <laughs> not even yeah. close. You know what really uh, grinds my gears is overly litigious anybody. If yeah. you have a hockey team called the Maple Leaves, it's, um, decided up front, you're not allowed to sue anyone that's dealing with actual leaves. Yeah, so go fuck yourself. Have a coke and a smile, and shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, one hundred percent. So uh, the moonbeam is is what I got today. I gotta be honest. It is it, the the buds are weird. The buds are super weird. They're really popcorny, very light. Um, you know, looking at it initially, it's not the kind of weed that I would look at and be like, oh, that looks like the dankness. It, look, it feels a little dry. There's not a lot of that stickiness. It feels like as I'm scraping it, um, you know, it's it's kind of flaking apart. So it's... it's I see I see that the people from Moonbeam didn't uh, send you a check. <laughs> well, listen, I'm just talking about the appearance of the bud. Now, that being said, it has nothing to do with the actual <laughs> potency of it. Um, oh. The smell is also very strange. Like, I, when I say strange, I mean, it's not like the usual greenery smell that I'm that I'm accustomed to. Normally, I got to dig a little bit deeper for the nuances of a strain. This is just straight up fucking weird. Um, what do you got there? Talk me well, through it. So the look of the bud, like I said, it's a very loose bud. It's very popcorn-y, comes apart easily. The tri- Combs 
are uh, they're, they're kind of shiny here in the light, but there's not that many of them. Um, it looks almost like a like a fuzzy caterpillar kind of situation. That's not a sexy way to talk about weed, but hey, here we are. Um, the hairs are, are as you might expect, uh, kind of a, a light, rusty brown. Um, the smell, I just have no fucking idea. It smells like okay, so I get cedar. Cedar is the number one smell I get here, but it's it's like a real pungent cedar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a fruitiness to it, like an apricot, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like cedary apricot. I got to be honest with you. I actually, so I've had this strain for a long while. Um, I haven't smoked too much of it, but ever since I got it, which was in the summer sometime, I've thought to myself, this is a strain that just smells Christmassy. And mm. here we are, our Christmas, uh, let's call it our Christmas episode. I guess that's what it is. I guess that's what it is. I guess that's what it is. It is the time of year. We got some Snoop Dogg cedary apricotty weed. All right. Well, sounds good to me. I guess we can find out on uh, Leafly or whatever after, uh, after see what it, see what it says. But uh, why, don't you, why don't you go ahead? Um, if we're going to talk about what I got, I heard that you're bringing me some Snoop Dogg, uh, a Ridge Moonbeam. So I thought to myself, What's a great counter? How do I get up on this thing and, and show up like I came to play? Because, I mean, it, you, you've, you've, you've put down something heavy, so I picked up the Jay-Z Holy Grail. No, the Holy Grail, baby. Now, what, what's the affiliation with Jay-Z? Full disclosure, none. It just oh. he has a song called Holy Grail. I see. Play stuff called Holy Grail. Unless he's got a secret situation going on, and he's he's trying to drop us some hints that we're supposed to pick up. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure. If you like, uh, get all the weeds together, you mix them together. Uh, you know, you get a formula that uh, reveals the location of the um, Constitution or Declaration of Independence. I I I didn't really watch the whole movie. I too, um, I too am am Illuminati. Oh well. Okay, you'll just gently walk out of the room now, and I've left the country. No, um, so I got myself uh, the Holy Grail here, and I have just a beautiful nug, a giant crown. Um, so, you know, I don't Resplendent. know if it's just, Oh, man, it is hairy with trichomes. It's 50% trichomes on this thing. Frosty um, as fuck. A wide, wide, wide crown here, um, fat even and uh it looks like a mountain it is thick thick buds it is um been well dried um and it, it, the crystal's kind of shaken off here i'm i feel like this might be a heavy hitter i'm a little bit concerned Ooh, um, playing with I, fire I get a nose on it here um this one's a lot of a lot of earthy notes so there seems to be some some pine Oh, we're going with the woods today. Yeah, we got we went deep into the woods. We went to the deep in the woods of Tweed. I I wish I knew where this stuff was grown so I could put a a a, a location tag on it. But northwest you know, of Belleville. And I, you know the 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 nose on this has decreased over time because I've had it for a little while and um, it, it used to be a lot. Um, There's like a really thick smell coming. You know when when it's got a stank, you can yes. almost feel it on your face. That's what it was originally. It's lightened up a lot now. And mostly what I get is this light, sweet pine is mostly mm-hmm. what's coming at me. Interesting. Okay. All right. Very cool. Well, here, let's go ahead and, uh, and get a little light on, and then I'll, I'll read your, you yours on Leafly. You do the same for me, okay? Yeah, yeah. You, you go and, and hit it first, and I, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this. Now, I couldn't find 
uh, Moonbeam on Leafu, which is weird because of how illustrious it is. Um, but so I had to go to Lyft. Um, first time on the site, a little bit different. But uh, this one talks about to get down to the flavors. Ooh! It says it is sweet, earthy, and mango. Now you said pine. That goes with the earth. I, I, I said cedar. I said cedar. Cedar. Sorry, cedar. Yes. My bad. My bad. My apologies. And apricot. Um, and and you said apricot, which mango and apricot. I get it. They're, 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 they're you know, close, the same. but. Mango yeah. sweet, apricot sweet. They're a stone fruit. Listen, buddy, I, I don't think you're that far off. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, I think, I, you know, I, I, so here's the thing. Even exhaling right now, I don't have any mango. I don't have any mango going on here. Um, there's almost like, and I don't know how to say this and not make it sound like a bad thing. There's a little bit of a metallic taste in the back of my mouth, um, but it's not a bad one. It's just like, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's bordering on crisp, but it's, uh, it's, it's tinged with a little bit of, Again, again, a little bit of like iron kind of situation. I don't know. It's, oh, it sounds really I, unappetizing, but it's not. I don't know how to tell you this, Andy, but I think you've eaten too much sushi. You do <laughs> have lead poisoning and mercury poisoning at the same time. You have five left to live. Yeah. It's, no, a, no, it's no. A Andy, five minutes. Five, no, four, three, oh <laughs> two. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's not what I want to hear on a on a before Christmas night. Um, yeah, but just just to put a fine point on it. Um, yeah, you know, I didn't get that. Didn't get that. I, a little bit of the earthiness now that I'm smoking it. It really still smells like cedar to me. Really still smells right. like apricots. I'm not getting right. any sweetness on the exhale, but there's a, there's this kind of pleasant, savory toothiness in this metallic taste in the back of my mouth. And um, on the exhale, uh, I've I've definitely got yeah a little bit of little bit of that earthiness uh, lingering in my nose. So that's where we okay. are. Okay. That being said, and the couple, feeling just, is very mellow. I've I've. Sorry, uh, buddy. No, no, it's okay. I've just, I've just kind of settled into it, and it's, uh, you know, I feel a relaxation. Not, not a heady high at all, though. Really, just in my body, feeling mellow, but no, uh, no kind of psychoactive feeling. So there's a couple things on Lyft that I haven't seen before um, on other sites. So it's got a top time of the day consumption. It says daytime as a top method of consumption. That is blunts. Got to be snarfing a dar, but that's uh, right. Yeah. A, a joint. Um, and uh, average duration of effect, 2.5 hours. Some interesting stats on this. Yeah, um, interesting. And uh, symptoms help, chronic pain, depression, stress release, sleep, insomnia, and back pain. Uh-huh. Um, on the positive effects, we got calming, appetite-enhancing, anti-anxiety, happy and relaxing. Yeah. And on the negative effects, I got none. Dry mouth, coughing, dry eyes, and nothing. So interesting I, I, that I, they have a none and a nothing category. Yeah, I don't know. Like Lyft, I, like let's be real. I love you guys. That's great. Um, it sounds like every weed ever. <laughs> just, just straight up. Uh, you know, I, I just like I like the way that Leafly articulates things sometimes, and I'm missing that right here. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, uh, Leafly is, is the one I I'm I've had the most experience with, and they do a good job and. You know, it's always tough to be second best. Lyft, I don't mean to put you on blast. At For all. sure. And, and, you know, that's not my intention. I'm sure you're very nice people. That's um, right. It can, I'll give you the top review. Uh, expensive candy. Uh, Puntanica says expensive, but Puntanica. professional job. Yeah. Well grow. It says well grow. And terp- terpenes, exceptional. When I smoke a joint of it. I'm eating mangoes and I feel calm and sleepy. 
You know what? It's funny that like metallic taste in my mouth, in the back of my mouth, has just sort of morphed into. I'm getting the mango note a little bit more. Maybe it's a little bit of a slow roller, but anyway, enough about my uh, my moonbeam. Why don't you go ahead and take a little pull off that holy grail while I uh, while I give it a read? Let me get it tippity tapped out on my Jane Silent Bob plate. Oh yeah, nice. My nice. my favorite plate, gifted to me by an esteemed gentleman. Ooh, of esteemed nature. Um, holy grail Kush is a newer strain created by seed breeders DNA Genetics and Reserva Privada Colorado. It entered into the seed company hybrids category at the 2011 High Times Cannabis Cup. As the offspring of multi-award winners OG18 and Kosher Kush, it's no surprise that Holy Grail Kush came out on top and is said to have nabbed the competition's first ever perfect score. Wow. At the Cannabis Cup, the High Times Cannabis Cup, that's actually a huge accolade. Holy shit. The plants are easy to grow with large, dense buds. There you go, appearing at 9 to 10 weeks. Most of Holy Grail's Cush's praise centers around its potency. THC levels have tested at over 20%, but this hybrid produces a more mellow relaxation than the melt-your-face-off indica sensation the name might suggest. The aroma of this plant is pure Kush, has a strong, spicy citrus smell, both while growing and once harvested, that is uniquely complex. Sounds like a great fucking strain, my friend. Uh, it's very bizarre. It has a little bit of sweetness in the taste, a little bit of earth and wood. It, it kind of, the taste goes citrus and then earthy and then a pungent finish, but it's it's fascinating. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I can so... feel it in the top of my forehead and it didn't hit, it's not hitting me like a ton of bricks. It's coming, it's coming up slow. Interesting. All right, cool. Well, so uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're pretty much on the money there. It's earthy and woody is the uh, the the top two flavors. Uh, it's a, got a pungent savoriness on the on the end there. So it sounds like uh, exactly what was uh, on the tin. Yeah. Um. I mean, and I, I did the the nose on it was pungent to begin with. I think I was telling you it was powerful. Um, but that went away as it cured. But it's still in the smoke. No question. Interesting. All right, good stuff. Well, and how's the how's the effect feeling? I I I can certainly feel it in my head and my face. Um, it's uh, I forgot where I was there for a split second. I'll make sure okay. I'm talking to the mic. Not literally, <laughs> but I mean. <laughs> uh, it's, so it's, it's safe to say it's coming on strong, like a it's, like a like an interesting date. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's rising slowly, uh, like the hands of an interesting date, either up a skirt or because the police have. Uh, drawn down on you after uh, a miscommunication uh, in a car. But uh, regardless, uh, we are all the way there. Oh, nice. Okay, buddy. Okay. Well, very freaking good. Can we talk about Persona 5 now? Are you in? Yes, I'm in like Flint. In like Flint. All right. Um, ah, we don't have a... <laughs> We don't have a segue. There's no, there's no fancy music right now. So we're just gonna, we're just gonna go. <laughs> we're just gonna go. Oh goodness. <laughs> uh, are we gonna do the munchie, or are we gonna work that in at a later date? Oh, the munchie, dude. We so often forget the fucking munchie. It's like right after the session, forget the munchie. Let me tell you what I brought here really quick. Cause let's go quick on the munchies. We're already running long. I have some Vortman's ginger snaps. Tis the season. Zero trans fats. Whole wheat goodness. Now, I got to tell you, it's good, but there's nothing healthy about these fucking ginger snaps. Uh, we got, in one of them, 150 milligrams of sodium and 9 grams of sugar. So that's, uh, that's a sure sign that you're, you're angling at a, 
at an early death. But hold on a sec. Let's give it a taste. Now, as you plow through that, find for me your favorite ingredient on the ingredient list. and Let me know about it. Mmm. The taste is very one note. The, uh, the texture is utterly soggy and cardboard. Um, and my favorite ingredient happens to be... Ooh, ooh, here we go. Oh, well, nothing too crazy in here, to be honest with you. I see fancy molasses. Not normal molasses, but fancy molasses. I love that flavor garden you took us on a stroll through, and I wonder if There's that's a garden fancy... of disappointment. Well, yeah. There's some wilting flowers, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, 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 imagine asking for molasses, and they bring you molasses, and you look at it, and you say, not fancy enough. Not fancy at all. Get me Ooh. that fancy molasses. Hey, a Andy, how many, how many people do you think molasses has killed? Uh, Cruella DeVille almost died from being submerged in a vat of molasses during the uh, live-action 101 Dalmatians movie. Live action? Yeah, you've never seen 101 Dalmatians, the live action film? With um, uh, Glenn Close. I do not know, but sounds right. Um, I, I was more uh, akin to the cartoon. I saw the cartoon probably like more than 10 times. Yeah, no, I saw that one a whole lot. In fact, we watched it recently here. I'm going to be honest with you. Disney cartoons of old, not super appropriate for children. You know, you, you watch it through the eyes of being a parent and you're like, you probably shouldn't like have the villain be two alcoholic dudes living in like squalor throwing beer bottles or, or liquor bottles at puppies. Like that's just not a good lick for like a three-year-old to watch. You here's know what I'm what saying? I, here what I, here's what I would argue. As much as we need to arm our children to be able to be intelligent, emotional communicators and listeners, uh, I would also say they need to be able to see the big warning signs, especially like, hey, I'm providing you a life where nobody, none of your family members are belligerently drunk all the time. So you just have never seen that. But good news, Rescuers Down Under has let you know when people are trying to do some weird, terrible things. Your brain yes. knows how to pick up on that. And, I, and that's add, fair. To add to the, the inappropriateness of some of these films, classically, I love in the Rescuers Down Under, in like three frames in a window as, as the rescuers are flying by, there's a naked woman in the window. Now, oh. they pre at that time wouldn't even have had pause buttons when they put it in or they be, would be seldom used. So to catch it, you'd have to be looking for it. Um, but in, when, you know, re when pause buttons showed up, you know, some some bits of certain tapes got worn out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the early uh, mom, I just want to see rescuers down under again. What's the problem? <laughs> Johnny, you've been watching it all day with your pants off. <laughs> Uh, it's um, it's and and if you see that in a bunch of films, like uh, Disney is 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 a oh wow, I shouldn't say the D word. That's the only I should. Certain <laughs> film companies <laughs> have been uh, have been found. You know, uh, hold on a sec, Dan. Dan, there's a there's a knock on the door. One second. All right. Oh yep, yeah. Wow, that was quick. It's our cease and desist from Disney. Already here. Oh. Oh hello. Um, how angry did they look? <laughs> they didn't look angry, but this letter is uh, is literally writhed in flame as we speak. So they're probably oh, oh, angry. Oh, uh, my door now. I, so weird, my door now. Yeah, there you go. It was an angry Wookiee. Oh, there you go. Wow. <laughs> and they're just like, let the Wookiee win, Daniel. <laughs> let him win.
That's uh, it's Wookiee enforcement at Disney now. There's no no more lawyers. That's just too expensive. Our PNL tells us that Wookies are the way to to shave costs and boost profits. Your Honor, my client would like to settle, so he's not wa- mauled by a Wookiee in open court here. <laughs> shortly after opening statements. Ah, uh, yes. But, what's your What's your munchie, friend? Well, I've I bought a, a doozin for today's uh, rally. Um, it is uh, a bespoke David Roberts Food Corporation whole nut almonds. Ooh, and you, these you, were, you brought, buddy. You brought fucking no, you bought almonds. I didn't just bring almonds. I bought a hundred, a thousand grams of David Roberts. Uh, uh, whole almonds, and uh, they were shelled for me freshly in Oakville, Ontario. Oh, well, I mean, that's uh, interesting. At the same time, this is the sound of someone who needed to grab a munchie for the show and, and pull the first thing he could out of his cabinet. Listen, if I can't bring this erudite bag of almonds to the show, and it, you know what? Uh, noted on this, such a large bag of nuts, it says, hey, this may contain peanuts and or other tree nuts, so I basically have a triple nut mix here it could be all of them or just one of them or just or you know it may maybe yes (laughs) maybe well thank you for bringing your bag of almonds to be fair grabbing a random bag of shit out of your cabinet is the most often uh executed strategy in the stoner's bag of munchies um so and you you know know, what buddy i think with yesterday's last episode's um foray into healthy uh, uh uh munchie acquisition this is a good one handful of almonds don't go crazy on them it's yeah. filling and nutritious and I'm, you, I'm okay with that and you won't blast yourself with sugar or carbs plus you can eat it with one hand which is always a benefit Hmm. well i mean i mean i like to keep my my munching uh-huh. lazy I it's see. like why cereal is so great right it's a food or soup you can Handle the whole operation with one. Anytime hand. you're doing anything one-handed, it's suspect. Just leave it, leave it, leave it there. Can I ask you a question? When you're watering the garden, do you do a one-handed grip or you go double? Double-handed. You don't. That's a lie, and I can't believe you told it here in front of all our friends. Uh, listen, man, the tomatoes need watering. I got a big old fucking garden hose. It's uh, you know, it's, uh, it's got a lot of spray on the nozzle, and at the end of the day, it takes two two hands to to use it uh, effectively. Oh, so you're watering your garden with like a fire hose. Um, well, I, I bought, uh, this is so far beyond irrelevant, but I bought a clear hose that, uh, that, that folds itself up into like a neat little package, but explodes into this massive python of a garden hose when it's provoked. It's, it's actually, it's 80 bucks at uh, Home Depot and uh, been, been very useful this past summer season. Oh, wow. You like to see the water flow and nice little clear hose. It's funny. I usually hear that more, more so about the black hoses. And I recall that's usually what I'm more used to, like a black hose. And you can go green as well. But, uh, you know. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I played Persona 5. Let's go there. Let's go there real quick. So, okay. I was really excited about this game. Um, this this is something I talked about last week a little bit. I just started dipping my toe in it. And full disclosure, I was a little reluctant to get to this point of the podcast because I just don't feel like I can do Persona 5 duty right now. It is by far and away one of the deepest games that I've ever had the privilege of picking up. And by that, I mean there's just so much there. 
And couple that with the fact that it's a week before Christmas. I've had an incredibly busy week. I haven't really had more than my, my save is telling me four and a half hours to actually jump into Persona 5. I've literally just barely scratched the surface. So just, just full disclosure, this is just a quick look at this game. And I gave you that preamble because I really do believe that this game deserves like some serious time and attention. And in fact, it doesn't just deserve it, it absolutely demands it. Because there's no way you can slide into this game uh, easily. It's something that you need to take some time to get acquainted with. You Look, I'm four and a half hours in, I can barely formulate an opinion on it. So let me, let me give you the overview notes and you'll see exactly why. We talked, I mean, you, you, you mentioned that you had, a, you had a brother or a cousin or something like that who played through Persona previously, right? But you've never actually touched the games before? I've never actually picked up the helm. Okay, cool. So these are incredibly, or at least Persona 5 is, but I assume the other ones are in the same vein. These are incredibly stylistic, um, really unmatched aesthetics in this game. These are, these are just like the coolest presentation of anime in a video game that I could ever have hoped for. I, I'm, I'm sorry for gushing so much about it, but here's the thing. I thought anime in a game was going to look like shit. I'm not a particularly huge anime fan, and the idea of having quasi cell shaded characters rolling around in a game with like you know a, a, a Japanese flair didn't really make me believe that this was going to be something I was going to spend any time with. The style of the game and the way that the art animates, coupled with the music of the game, which is crazy good, um, probably the most earwormy soundtrack that I've heard in a long time in a game. It had me whistling the theme song for like the full week, right? Uh, it's beautiful. It's interesting. The setting is is really vibrant. It's like this cozy, claustrophobic presentation of a Japanese city mixed with some edgy kind of sci-fi action fantasy elements. It's got everything there you want it to have, um, given the subject matter, and the style of the game is unmatched. And that is probably the biggest takeaway I've had, because the first four and a half hours of this game have been just presentation of those elements it's it's been uh, just scene after scene after scene after scene of the game effectively telling me visually and through audio cues how cool it is you know what i mean have you ever have you ever had that kind of sensation playing a game where it's just a pleasure to look and, and feel yeah that that's an artist rolling out his gear you know what i mean like he's chosen his medium he's chosen his 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 storytelling and his and you know how he's gonna tell that story and they roll out an experience and that's that's how a game gets you now you know what i mean it's not it's it's not all these things that that, that get missed so often in terms of you 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 put together a, a game as a story as, as hideo kojima uh would do you know what i mean it the thing it has this heart to it that that it, you can't reproduce in you know uh, uh battlefield modern warfare you know, three black ops right. three it's like the game by company and committee like this thing has a beating heart i think yeah no I, I, you're 100 percent correct it's got a texture that's all its own it doesn't feel borrowed from anything else um and that's not to say that it has a particularly deep or engrossing story the story is fine there's nothing wrong with it so far and i'm sure it gets more interesting later but it's not the story that's keeping me glued to it it's the style and the presentation and how they go about telling the story that is just so appealing like i just i want to be in the setting and i've you know there's there's games that you know invite you in um, and call themselves role-playing games, but this game is truly a role-playing game because it's so easy to step into the shoes of the main protagonist and so easy to you know put yourself in the setting of the game. Uh, 
I won't talk too much about the story because, again, it's a little bit nebulous. But effectively, you're this nameless protagonist, right, who's a young boy, high school aged or whatever, who gets sent away to stay with this, like, border, some um, uh, some friend of a friend of a friend who has paid or who, who's been paid by your parents to take you effectively because you've disgraced your family by participating in a uh, – in, in actually in saving a woman who was being accosted by this – um, high-level corporate executive who then you know went out and 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 smeared your name and now you you know you've got this kind of issue going on so it's it's a little bit of a strange kind of backstory nothing particularly notable but long story short you find yourself kind of a fish out of water you're in this in this new place and it's that familiar feeling of trying to fit in at a new school right however that feeling is compounded many many times as you're both trying to fit in with a new residence and it expands into you're now trying to fit in with a new sense of augmented reality that's what persona is about it's about this kind of a heightened extra dimensional world that's superimposed over our old world or our own world. And bear with me while I get super weird here. It's like the world is created based on the desires and fantasies of the people surviving in it. So to give you a, a quick little glimpse at the beginning of the game and where I'm at so far, I've gotten to the point where I've, I've gone through this setting and have come to understand that I'm able to flip between our world and this world where the sadistic, and it's going to sound funny, but it's presented way cooler <laughs> than I can explain it in the game. The sadistic volleyball coach of this school um, envisions himself as being this kind of all-powerful, abusive, like, king. Uh, and as I step into this extra-dimensional realm, uh, the school turns into this castle that I'm now kind of having a traditional RPG experience going through and fighting his, let's air quotes it, like, inner demons kind of thing. It's super out there, and again... The story's just starting to, to take shape, but let me tell you what's been really cool outside of just the style and aesthetic. The characters, they hit, they hit all of the notes, they hit the screen with weight, right? The protagonist is quiet, but he presents as this cool kind of ninja-esque kind of badass. The, uh, the guy you get stuck with, his name's Sojiro. He's this reluctant steward, but you kind of end up liking him. Um, you, you end up with this loudmouth outcast guy who becomes your first friend. And then you've got, you know, the stereotypical cute anime girl that's tagging along with you. Um, but all of those characters come together in a really satisfying way. Uh, and, you know, with so much story and world building, there's very little time for you to do anything but soak up the setting and the characters. Because Here's the first big warning flag. If you're someone who needs to get into a game and be in combat and like be ex executing on all the mechanisms, um, enjoying all the mechanics early, this is 100% not the game for you. Again, I'm like four hours in, I've had maybe three combats. Everything else has been dialogue and cutscenes and story. And that's crazy shit. That, that can be death. It that can, can be death. <laughs> I like, and this game is really well received. Like there are a lot of people on social media talking about it. It was very well reviewed. It was up for a game of the year. That's really hard to do when you have three freaking hours of backstory in a world in a time when most of us just want to get into the game in like two minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How do I move? How do I shoot? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let me go. This game is the exact opposite. It's like watching a movie. Crazy. He's uh, he's uh, flipping off Hideo Kojima's measly like 45 minutes to get into the game fmvs from the rear view mirror as he speeds past them yeah yeah it's it's i i really i haven't played anything like it before i've played a lot of rpgs 
I've never played anything that takes this long to get you into the game, and yet that I still wanted to stick with. The mechanics reveal themselves very slowly. This is actually great. Um, what I mean by that is you, you're only beginning to learn about what to do in a combat or some of the very extensive systems of the game, and you would call them social systems because a lot of the game is interacting with friends and other people and you know making meaningful choices. It's a game that is played out over a series of 365 days, and you have to manage your resources of what you're going to do in the morning. Are you going to go to school? Are you going to go fucking visit a dungeon? Right? Are you going to, after school, are you going to hang out with a specific person who may end up coming Coming into this extra dimensional space with you and you know there may be some very real benefits to your combat if you befriend them now but you've also got to go grab a part-time job so that you have enough money to like do xyz there's a lot of really kind of interconnected systems the cool thing is though is they don't present themselves as systems you get a, just enough of a blurb to understand how to go about your business in this game and then it leaves you and says go enjoy it as if you're actually um using your common sense to solve these problems and sort out your priorities. Really cool. I just, I haven't really experienced that in a game before. Uh, really enjoying that so far. So is it, is it mostly in the normal world or is it mostly in the hyper fantastic world that they imagine? Well, it's, it's so, so far it's been mostly in the normal world, but what I understand from, you know, as you go through the game a little bit more and there's more of a cadence going, you're, you're flitting back and forth, you're doing your social stuff in the real world and you're doing all of your dungeon crawling and your, your major story beats in the, uh, in the, in the extra dimensional world. So it's kind of like a 50, 50 split so far though. They've only just begun regularly, um, regularly introducing those, those dungeons. It's such a cool writing tool when you can layer worlds upon each other so you get to give them different rules and uh, you know give some nuance to your story and you do all kinds of cool thematic things with it mm -hmm. um you know uh they do it with time shifting too when they when they use elements like time shifting to tell a story yeah, that's um, that's that's in here also. By the way, the 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 way that they create your your protagonist as being cool is the the game opens up on him being um, this kind of and you don't really know the context of what kind of mission he's executing on, but he's like robbing, air quotes, what what's being referred to as the heart from a casino. It looks like a Vegas casino, and he's jumping across, you know, slot machines and being chased, and he's wearing this fucking mask and shit. And you're like, wow, this guy's kind of a badass. And then they bring it back to a year previous when you're like a generic high school student. It's it's quite in, it's quite an interesting way to to um, offer up your protagonist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly it is. Yeah, Andy, uh, I want to share something really important about where I'm at with this Holy Grail. And it's that this is, is, Go is ahead. one of the things I am uncomfortably high. <laughs> oh, no, buddy. I'm sorry. Have we have we got you? Have we got you a little too deep today? I got to be honest. I when I heard that it's like, oh, number highest THC. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, to, if it's any comfort, you know, north of 20 percent THC is not unseasonably high. I think Ghost OG, which I mentioned earlier, and a couple other strains that test really high air quotes are in that range of 24 to 28%. So you're probably okay. Um, but yeah, it's probably probably going to be a, a, a groovy ride from here on out. I, I hunkered down pretty well into it. And uh, I can't, I'm not sure, this is, e I think, either our best game review ever or, or our bestest game review for all time. <laughs> And it's the first time I think we shifted a, the a big one until after the smoke sesh. And it's it's uh, it's interesting where it goes. And all I have to say, and I hate it back to you, but God bless uh, uh, Japanese developers that will take 
just do ridiculous things with the art form, like uh, like the Metal Gear Solids. You can always count on something interesting, right? From uh, from one of their outfits. Not afraid to take chances, man. Just not afraid. Like it's just it's something. It really it's so refreshing. And listen, it's not my stereotypical go to kind of game, right? Like. I'm not a Japanese animation kind of guy, but I kind of feel more more engendered to it right now. I'm feeling a little bit more of that vibe because these guys clearly have taken a really interesting choice that's got me into this story. Even though, listen, the early story beats actually feel a bit juvenile. We were talking about it earlier on. You know, um, anime has this way of presenting over-the-top characters and dialogue that makes you cringe a little bit sometimes. This is no exception. I mean, again, your 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 main villain right now is like a high school volleyball teacher. It's super weird. But the characters are just they're very authentic. They're very authentic. Their their relationships to one another are very likable. And it's it's just I, I can't describe it as anything more than a really comfortable chicken soupy kind of video game experience to simmer into. Right. And yeah. uh, Andy, can I ask you, what's the runtime of this game? It's a hundred hours is uh, is uh, is a is a is a crisp pace through the game. A hundred hours, yeah. It's it's if it's a hundred, like I just wow. I I will probably be through it by like twenty twenty three. But I I actually I intend to finish this one. If it's so, if and, it can if it continues with the hutzpah it's had so far, I'm in. Right. So Andy, I will uh, bet you a, uh, a a PSN download, maybe even a AAA title that you will not finish this persona game. oh man it's on and, and i give you i give you let's we should set a time limit on it so we know how to fund the bet uh, do you think it's going to take you more than 12 months uh give me until give me until the summer okay. give me until to july 1st 2018 but should the we, day the day that weed is legal scale uh, more atten- attainable when you hit 24 hours doc you have a year to put 24 hours in no. Okay. You'll do no. that. You'll do that. I'll You'll do, do that, that for too sure. Quick. You'll kill that. We're one hundred percent. July first, I will have this game complete. July first. All right. Yep. A little over wait, six months. Wait. Wager. So if we're gonna get. You're gonna be. We're gonna be hearing a lot about Persona Five. It sounds like. <laughs> it sounds be, like. It sounds you've like you've made a big time commitment. Oh I, boy. I, guess I, I won't see you on Fortnite. Yeah. No kidding. Um. Just uh, hit a couple more notes. You know, combat. Um. Combat. It's really easy to grasp. It's your traditional turn-based thing. It's customizable by personas. So when I say that, I mean uh, the personas are these like, in this extra-dimensional realm, they're these almost like spirit animals or that's the best (laughs) spirit animals. Can't believe I went there. But that's what they're like. They're like, you know, that's that you call that you bring to bear and you can kind of customize them between your characters. And, um, they, they have this almost Pokemon esque way of modifying your attacks and, and, uh, some enemies are weak to some and strong against others, whatever, uh, to what depth though it goes, it's way too early for me to tell. Um, you know, for sure I'll, I'll, I'll report back on that combat at some point, but, uh, you know, right now I'm just really enjoying the, the, um, the story beats. This game is very newbie friendly. It holds your hand. It teaches you everything very slowly. There hasn't been a point yet where I feel like I don't grasp any part of the game. Um, you know, and the game is very linear and very slow to start. So if that's not something you're into, then you know you need not apply. But as a as a new player, you 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 don't need to know any of the prior games, and you don't need to um, you don't need to be even familiar with this kind of game. It'll teach you very quickly, and it is super 420 friendly. 
at times it's literally like you're watching a movie and, and a lot of it is fully voiced. So you don't even need to do too much reading if you're not so inclined. It's immersive. It's a chill role-playing experience. It's very easy to sink into the vibe of the game uh, with that opening theme song. Definitely doobie friendly, 100%. Oh, badass. So uh, can I look forward to uh, borrowing it from you in uh, 365 days? You can't because I have a digital download version of the oh. game. But yeah, I'm sorry, pal. I apologize. I said I wouldn't you know, do it. You need to go make up with uh, you need to go make up with your friends at the Electronics Boutique. They will guide <laughs> you gingerly to the discount bin. They will yeah. they will whisper sweet nothings in your ear, and one of those things will be to Dan. We'll give it to Dan. Yeah, no He's kidding. Got- just so we're clear, um, just this moonbeam. I've I've stuck my nose in the grinder, the 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 grind. That sounds like a weird expression. Uh, again, and it just it's really smelling like a purse. It smells like I've like stuck my purse. My, What's this purse made out of? I Taylor? stuck my head. It's made of made of raw calf's leather. Which raw sounds, calf's leather? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's like it, an it old smells, lady's purse. It smells utterly utterly of utter. Utterly of utter. Made of pure utters. Made of pure utters. Dan, I want to talk about some games that are coming up here real soon. Um, just a couple releases that have got me a little bit titillated. Did you see that Street Fighter V is coming out with a brand new edition? I saw that. What is it likened to? Is it a remake of the PS4 current? What is uh, it? Yeah. yeah, no, it's not a remake. It's, it's like a new edition that is basically the old edition with some of the DLC included and an arcade mode tacked on. It's kind of like, you know, a lot of people were complaining about the fact that Street Fighter V didn't have your traditional, you know, move through fighting an assortment of fighters to finally take down M. Bison and then move on beyond that. Um, they, they've, got, they've got that in the new version of the game, uh, and they, um, they have included a bunch of DLC that wasn't there prior. So uh, it sounds, sounds neat. I haven't dipped into Street Fighter V. You and I were still playing Street Fighter Four the last time we were in it. Um, so, you know, I think, I think it's, it's probably a pickup for me. What do you think? I, yeah, abs- absolutely. But I got to say my favorite, my preferred edition is the one you play. Because, you know, I have Street Fighter V and I pop it in my PS4 every now and again. And it's the same story every time. It's got a download uh, gigs upon gigs upon gigs and street fighters the game you delete from your hard drive it takes up too much space and there's not enough game right right gotcha. if, if you have that if you have the disc copy and you know i just i everything they changed was is they nuance was a, a click away from where i like it like i really like a street fighter 3 hyper v or whatever where you got it's it's still the 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 sprite based graphics um yeah more flat and not that three that 3d render doesn't add a ton for me like, no. Yes, the the grabs and stuff you see they're cool, but I just that's not my preferred, uh, you know, graphical uh, representation. And you know, and it it only the game I have only has like eighteen characters uh, on it, you know. And uh, maybe it's because I'm a noob and haven't unlocked enough stuff. But it's like when I put in Street Fighter, I want to see a butt ton of characters. You want to see a fucking cascade of characters. Yeah, and and it, you know. Graphics can, are one thing, but if you're playing Street Fighter, I think you're you're playing it for the the game. You know what I mean? You, uh, it's it's not something where like they need to make the graphics better and better and better. I want to see vectors. That's necessary. Just not. No, it's not. And and I agree with you. The sprite. I'm like I'm a big sprites guy. Um, right. you know, speaking of the new Pokemon games that have come out, you know, I'm I'm definitely a fan of the older style of sprites as opposed to the new stuff that they're putting out. I just I don't see it. It's a it's a timeless look, and I don't know that it needs to be changed ever. Yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I get that completely. Uh, also coming out in January 2018 is Monster Hunter World for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I actually played the open beta of this guy recently. Um, did you get a chance to download? It was it was free for PSN uh, subscribers. Did you try it? Yeah. What's great about this is something happened during the the beta. Do you do, are you aware of uh, what went down? No, no. They, I, I downloaded the beta. I had a great time. What, what happened? They inadvertently um, uh, uh, left the switch on for cross-platform play. So the, they accidentally had the, the switch on for the server, so it was matching PS4 people and Xbox people on the same server, and they like quickly turned it off. Really? You know, It was running for a couple days there. And they're like, oh, whoops. <laughs> That's interesting because um, from what I understand, there's no cross-platform play. It's available for PS4, Xbox One, PC, no cross, uh, nothing cross-platform. So in this instance, Andy, when they're, the games are built on the same engine and they're, they're doing the connection to a server and just doing syncing stuff, there's no technological limitation to keep them those players from playing. Really? Together. It's always an artificial, no, excuse me, it's often an artificial boundary. That because Microsoft and, and Sony don't play together. Interesting. That they is, go, I, I didn't know that. I got a platform. I'm playing on my platform. No, fuck that platform. Yeah, <laughs> PS4 is doing extremely well. The PS4 sold as many copies as it uh, 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 as it did in its seventh year, fifth year, whatever this year is, as it did on its first big peak in the first year during the season. They're selling really, it. it's. I think I think the number is 56 million. I think up to maybe 60 by the end of the, this Christmas. The last numbers, uh, uh, million PS4s have been moved since since like ever. Oh yeah, no that that makes sense. That that sounds like a reasonable number. Oh man, it that's a lot of PS4s. Big, yeah, and it's um it's it it's as many as they had launched PS3s. Wow. So it's a, it's tracking well for them. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, you know, this for me is a is an auto pickup and will be on my PS4 for sure. Um, it so hey, listen, there's, there's I'm not gonna go too deep on Monster Hunter World. It's a really cool, more open world feeling or more open world feeling version of the traditional Monster Hunter formula. It feels like Monster Hunter. You know, you're going out to kill big beasts. You're gonna skin them alive and turn them into armor, and you know, rinse and repeat until you're blue in the face. And you know, the graphics are gorgeous. It feels like uh, like it's like Horizon Zero Dawn level of graphics. It looks amazing. Um, and you know tracking down that monster for the kill was extremely satisfying from my couch at very nice experience normally it's a handheld game it hasn't been released outside of monster hunter try which i never played on the wii uh on a on a home console and this this definitely to me is an auto pickup for sure how about yourself um you know what i'll probably chill it on monster hunter um just because i did play through all of um as you sent uh, uh zero dawn uh horizon zero dawn which I feel like they're really from the same cut from the same cloth in terms of theme. So I'm gonna I'm gonna break it up with with something else for a bit before I <laughs> hop down on that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, no, that that's that's very fair. It's it scratches that being a hunter and chasing down a uh, a giant beast vibe. Um, I get yeah, I get that. Very different games, but but definitely understand the the and fantasy. It, it, you know, when a game asks you to do some things, it's like take down this enemy in this way and optimize all these paths and the hunting the hunting feel of it. It's just like been there. I've just like done, put a bunch of hours into Zero Dawn. Beautiful, but ready for like a different feel, but different crunch in a game, you know? Yeah, I got you. Uh, one last little Easter egg coming out in January. Have you ever played Lost Cities, the card game? 
uh, no, total total mystery. Lost Cities is one of the best two players card game or two player card games out there. Um, it's by a de- developer called his name is uh, Reiner Knizia. This is a physical card game, like a board game kind of thing. Um, and they're actually bringing it onto Steam on uh, January first. Lost Cities is awesome. Just try it. Just go give it a go. Are you Indiana Jones? Are you looking for a Temple of Doom? Or the, the, listen, man, the story, the story behind this card game is is super thin. It's it's themed like exploration, and that's all you need to know. But it's a it's a great game to play with like a wife or a family member in front of a cl- crackling fire over the holidays. So you know, go go grab it on Steam if you want to do the same thing, but virtually. So, uh, at, at did you? I, I might check that one out. Sounds interesting and mysterious. Uh, did you hear? Uh, um, uh, Kojima-less Metal Gear Solid is dropping in uh, in February. You don't uh, say. Oh yes, this game uh, uh, uses uh, it um, uh, uses the the last game's engine, but it's modified uh, to focus on survival uh, and co-op zombie killing. What? Uh, so the yeah, so the theme of this game is uh, at the end of uh, number five, you would have had this big big base. It's like mother base built up. Well. Your wormhole technology went all awry and blew everything up, and and now you have to your base is blown up. You have to sorry spoilers first eight minutes guys sorry um, <laughs> it's in the trailer I'm sorry if you're avoiding the trailer no. um, but uh, and so you're 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 sort of exposed in this zombie outbreak and so you're building up little bases uh, and you know expanding and and uh, and it's got that sort of zombie survival element uh, but right down to food and water and like crafting oxygen apparatuses. Um, <clears throat> it's apparati, uh, apparati, uh, the apparati, the apparati. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, but I don't know how I feel about uh, Kojima's Metal Gear. It's it's gonna be kind of it's gonna it has a lot going for it, but without the story, it loses a lot. And I gotta say, I love me some Metal Gear, but every foray they've had into having online play has been lackluster. Like literally. I love the game single player, but I load up on whatever the network thing they put together in is, and I just go, I hate this. I hate everything about this. Can I just say, uh, Kojima-less co-op zombie killing, black hole, Metal Gear Solid, survival fantasy. Sounds like fucking nonsense. Sounds like real nonsense. What are we doing? What What the fuck? What are we doing? Make a different game, friends. Don't don't take don't take what is what are we talking about? What are we even discussing here? Like, come on, no, just fuck off. Is that how long it takes for the wave of zombie games to get to Japan? It's like they made every zombie games, every zombie game ever, and then they're just like seven years later, they're like zombies. You're like, no, done. No, no, not zombies, bro. The second idea. Go with your second Go with idea. the next one. Yeah, man, out of reset. It's like, oh, yeah, like they, they ticked every box that I didn't want them to tick. Just look, get out of here with that. What is that? The, pro- the, the thing is, in number five, they dug themselves a hole where the uh, spoilers for, for number five, there's a, vi- uh, there's a virus, a virus is involved, and that it, it, it had uh, you know spread to people and made them kind of zombie-like. And it wasn't the main, main thing of the game. But like you saw it in one or two missions, and it's like I don't even think that Kojima's like, no, we're gonna make it zombies. He's like, I'm gonna use zombies for like a little bit right here, but they're not even zombies. Like techno, weird. Anyway, if you played the game, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, 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 they they go, well, there's zombies there. Or there's something to hook whatever we want to do onto this thing. Yeah, it's like when your favorite artist does like a hidden track on his 
his CD album, which isn't a thing anymore, but does a, <laughs> does a hidden track, and it's something totally fucking weird, but you like it. Like he's like I don't know, playing a xylophone with his teeth while a woman moans into a microphone behind him, and there's like I don't know, a cat being constantly dropped on a on a bass drum and that's just the whole track right and you're like that's cool like that he included that little bit of a little bit of uh that soup song flair but then when you take that and turn that into a whole video game and you're not talking about an interesting fish-like performance of music you're discussing fucking zombies forget it i'm out i feel you man and it's too bad because there's a time where a a kojima game or even a um uh that's a parent company it's um, konami a konami a konami game med- meant you're getting something that was weird um good and, and or hard so some some combination of those threes it could be you know weird and good or just really weird and hard <laughs> you know it was <laughs> or it could be good and weird or all three you know and it's and when they fall from that grace it's like well this isn't good weird or hard no it's dumb no yeah no no, not for me. Um, okay, a couple listener questions here. Yes, we've had some listener mail. Excited for this one. Guys, if you want to you know, share an editorial opinion, uh, factoid, uh, I don't know, game you're looking forward to, go ahead and shoot us an email at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com, man. Get it in there. Um, Ganjacito asks... If you could only smoke one strain for the rest of your life, what would it be? That's a good one. Dan, what are you thinking? Uh, whatever kind uh, my buddy's got with him. Oh, <laughs> what a wholesome answer. No, I think you're missing the point on this one. So the oh, one yeah, kind yeah. of weed I smoke is whatever my buddy has. A free and that, smoke. And. In the words of Drake. Seems, it just seems to change. Free smoke. I got you. Free smoke. Free smoke. So- free smoke. Sorry, sucker. I just quit. <laughs> no, we sell this stuff. So. Ah, sorry. Oh, crazy. Too bad. I just quit. That's a that's a fake answer, but I'm gonna top it up with a real answer. I, I would love it. Pro- I would probably go with Girl Scout cookies. Um, and you know, I I just I really am in- actually know what. Let me let me erase that. MK Ultra. MK Ultra is my go-to. It's uh, it's a really relaxing strain. Great euphoria. Very bright. Um, by that, I mean, you know, very elevating, almost feels like a little bit of caffeination, but you know, no jitteriness, no weirdness, very clear headed and able to articulate, but also has that full body, full body buzz. And it propels me forward, man. Anytime I touch MK ultra, I'm immediately in motion. I'm in action. I'm cleaning the kitchen. I'm, you know, writing something feverishly or playing a a video game with gusto. It's uh, it's uh, it's a beautiful strain. Ah, well said. You know what, man? I I actually I changed my answer. I would, you know what, what strain I would uh, get down on for What's all that? time? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus! I just peeked out our mic there. Nice. It it tastes like cheese, my man. It does. I mean, there's no two ways about it, and I think it's distinctive. You know? Nice. Interesting. All right. You, you can put it on a nice ham and cheese. No, no big deal. No big deal. Take it, get it out of here with that Guadalupe. Forget about it. Forget about it. Todd with one D, T-O-D, Todd, asks, hey, just want to say I love the podcast. Just wanted to say I love the podcast. Thanks, Todd. That's Thanks, nice of you, Todd. buddy. Thanks, bro. Solid. Yeah, thank you. Maybe you guys could talk more about retro games. I find myself playing a lot of Genesis, SNES, and N64 these days, more so than newer consoles. I find I have more fun smoking and playing older games because they're simple to get into. Yeah, uh, I, I think we could talk about more retro games. 
Absolutely, man. I'd love to talk about Altered Beast. The Altered, I've never heard of Altered Beast. That is a Sega title. Let's dip into, you know what we do? There's some Easter eggs sprinkled across our, our podcast. You can tell we're, we're, old, we're old school gamers because it just peppers in there. But Altered Beast is a Old title. school gamers. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah, right? And that uh, Altered Beast is a title where you start as a man in like Greek robes. You punch some things. It's a forced side scroller, a forced side scroller. Nice. And uh, you have to pick up the one pickup in the game. And, <laughs> and uh, it turns you into the quote unquote, the, the titular, the titular, T titular, 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 altered, altered beast, beast. Nice. which for some reason, as you go through the levels is a different beast. The first one, it's a werewolf. That is your altered beast. Yeah. The second one, you're some sort of flying dragon creature. And it's funny because they go to the name of the game. It's like, what do we call it? Can we go out Wolfman? They're like, no, it's not like that. It's like you're a different beast. They're like, all right, uh, you're an altering beast. You're an Sell altering it. beast. Sell it. And Sell it hard. I think, I think it's only four levels. I think it's a hilariously short, hilariously simple game, but has some heart on it. Like, you need, you need to know how to play Altered Beast to do it. There is, there is a knack to it, right? Yeah, um, no, but, I get you. You know, the programmers didn't have a lot of time on that one, on the old docket. <laughs> <laughs> so Todd, I hope you enjoyed that altered beast. Altered, that altered beast, beast Todd. Uh, scat that we Yes, just ooh, like jazz, laying it down thick. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were gonna talk about net neutrality, um uh, some 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 getting busted out in Colorado at some dispensaries. We were gonna talk about a new RPG. Let's talk about that one real quick. We gotta we gotta wrap this motherfucker up though real soon here. We're two thirty six already. Holy feeling smokes. It. You're feeling, feeling it good. Yeah, buddy, and I'm ready for, for bed also. So here we go. Obsidian working on a new RPG. That's cool. That's cool. Obsidian of Fallout Fame um are working on a secret single player RPG. Um, it's, yeah, anonymous sources familiar with the matter told us in May that the Fallout creator, uh, Tim Kane, is working on a new project for Obsidian, and the project will essentially be Obsidian's own version of Fallout. Interesting. I'm sorry, Obsidian didn't make Fallout to begin with. Who did? Who who made Fallout? Tim Tim Kane uh, was the lead programmer on the original. Team oh, that Bethesda. Made what am I? What am I thinking here? Yes, Bethesda. of course. Bethesda. Bethesda. Um, it was somebody before Bethesda. Or no. No, no, no. Oh, oh originally. Uh, oh boy. Now we're now you're testing my my foo here. Um, so much for old school gamers. <laughs> yeah, right. A game studio, Obsidian. Okay, so Obsidian. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. They, no, they, Obsidian did make Fallout New Vegas. Excuse me. So, and then, of course, was published by Bethesda, I, I imagine. Get at us if we're absolutely fucking wrong on that. But anyway, so, uh, original Fallout, Fallout creator. Fallout was, I think, made by Interplay originally. Interplay. There you are. I played the original Fallout um, many, many years after it was released. Uh, probably, let's call it seven or eight years ago now. Holds up. Definitely still holds up. Uh, Fallout is based on a uh, is based on an RPG system, eh? Uh, I didn't know that. GURPS. GURPS. A generic universal role-playing system. 
A uh, hundred points to the man oh, in black. Up top, down the net. Boom, boom. Pop, pop, down pop, your, pop, down pop, your pop, back. Pop, like pop, a pop. roll of sweat on a hot summer day. Um, so let us let me just ask you real quick. What would your dream version of Obsidian's spiritual Fallout successor include? Like, would it be, like for me, it would be an enhanced kind of isometric experience. I really love isometric games, um, but I feel like, you know, they're a little bit gauche. And, or, I should say they're a little bit passe right now. I needed to go for another French word. Um, they're not, they're not something that are actively being put out uh, by AAA um, game studios. You've got like Transistor and, and other really cool indie games like that, but it's not something that's mainstream. I think an enhanced kind of isometric that that um, had the same kind of sense of space that a, that a first-person game has, but that was still from that isometric viewpoint would be really cool. Um, what do you think? What, 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 what would you want out of a, of a Fallout spiritual... Oh, spiritual successor. Well, you said would be number two for sure, but for me, number one is like that full body armor VR suit mm. where you're running, you're running around it as if it were, you were there. Interesting. I think okay. that's the way. That would be the the optimal. This like that, and I don't mean like a, an HTC vibe strap to your face, right? And uh, some some football armor. I'm talking about the full deal, the, the full, full matrix. The give, full give matrix. Me the full matrix, but not the full matrix because I guess I guess the full mech warrior. Yes. The full armored core, um, yeah, and, and you know, I, I think I think I, I'm interested in a in a very in a Fallout that takes itself really seriously, and I, maybe that's I watched a documentary recently called Into Eternity. It's about this silo of buried nuclear waste in Finland. That's like they're struggling. So the whole premise of the the documentary is that they're they're struggling with how to denote that it's this silo of buried nuclear waste with a half life many 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 hundreds of generations into the future. What happens if you've got like a world that you know in a thousand years uses different language, different people, different maybe an alien race inhabits here? Who knows? How do you warn those people that you're not quite sure what language they speak? That there's some fucking radioactive shit buried down here and you probably want to keep it safe. You know, you know what would be great is if you had some established lore that included in it some sort of completely to be avoided place, like uh, the idea of a curse on a place or, you know, or you call it hell. I mean, really, if you could convince a, a, a population that, uh, you know, hell exists, you're like, oh, down there, that's hell. You don't have to explain anything else. You yes. just don't go there. Right. You know what I mean? It's too bad that we're too bad that uh, that we're slaying that very good mind control for the future. You know? Ah, uh, it is a shame. Don't go down there, and it would come out naturally. It's like it would be, yeah. You know, people would if it became a serious. Yeah. But the question is, could the opening? You don't want to be in a situation where opening it doesn't just kill the people who opened it, but kill everybody, right? So you right. just design you design your nuclear solutions to not to not jeopardize the population. That's the real knack. Yeah. I <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't uh, build. Don't build re reactors, uh, nuclear reactors, along something called the uh, Ring of Fire. Right. It's known for its tectonic issues. You're like, well, listen. When it's all ring, you got to build somewhere. I'm like, you got to start you? somewhere, my dude. By um, the way, they don't sound like that. But no, the other no. accent, if I do it, it's just not as funny. So just, just accept the Jersey issue one as a substitute. Yeah, no doubt. Well, listen, man, we're going to have to talk about um, anything more, including the FCC ruling that net neutrality is dead, because that shit is the worst. It's the oh, real worst. I'm so sad that we don't get to talk about uh, already lost legislation, legislative activity. <laughs> well, you make it sound that sexy. I mean, it's, it's, definitely, <laughs> it's a, definitely a topic for another day. But um, Okay, but boy, real quick, everybody, it's the fight isn't over, so keep writing your Congress. I mean, it, they voted along the party lines of the appointees of the 
council and they don't need to listen to your opinion, so they just didn't. But your elected officials do, so uh, you know, keep getting at them. It's uh, you, you want it, your dad wants it, everybody you know wants it, just get it done, you know? And you're hearing that from a Canadian, so for the extra love of God, please do. You need to vote the way I think, because I can't vote and it only seems fair. Yep, there it is. Listener questions or games you want us to play, email us at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. Uh, and, you know, uh, recommend it to a friend or or don't like I'm not I'm not in charge of you. Yeah, you're not the boss of me, Dan. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Purple Dungeon Squid. Until next time, keep it real, buds. And keep it dank. Uh, I am high.